Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of all elite wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. The, the cool fans, Rich, cry when Sami Zayn hugs DUI Oos. That's what cool fans do. Cool fans call the Bloodline storyline better than any cinema. That's what the cool fans are doing. It's us nerds. Us virgin nerd here. dorks, yeah, that like the wrestling. Yeah. Rich Crage. And I could be I'm allowed to be a fucking work rate nerd for the G1. I don't I just want them to have great matches and a wheel like kill themselves. I don't care. It's not my body. I just want to watch great matches. Stop yelling at me. I agree. <laughs> and we are live here on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? How are you? <laughs> I am great, Joe. Long time uh, no talk. We uh, just wrapped up. Uh, it feels like we just wrapped up the Instant Reaction Live for uh, AW Dynamite Blood and Guts. Uh, we did that last night uh, over on our Patreon, flagshippatreon.com. Uh, an interesting show, to say the least. Uh, it, was, it definitely had its ups. It <laughs> definitely had its downs. Uh, I think, you know, real real quickly before we kind of get into the, 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 the rest of uh, the show, and we're going to talk some AEW a little bit later. We're going to jump in on Collision, which we haven't talked about since the debut week. Um, what do you make of the ratings that came out for for Dynamite? Yes, this is a two-hour show, so we're getting right into it, baby. I'm already asking Joe hard-hitting questions. We're, we're less than two minutes in, and I'm asking the hard questions. We're only doing an hour or two hours. We're losing an hour here. we got to get to the hard stuff right away. So what do you think of that rating? Pretty fun rating, I think, or pretty interesting rating, I should say, uh, for the, uh, the, the Dynamite this week. No, I think it was a um, good rating as expected. You know, you look at it. And they did 953,000 viewers and a 0.34. So um, I think that was about 15% up in both total viewers and the demo as I furiously try to pull up. The, I did put uh, you on the spot the, there. I apologize about that. Put you on the spot a little bit. I, well, I think I nailed all the numbers. I did a nice job there. I think for you not did. Now that I'm, I'm looking at him, um, you did a pretty good job. Yeah, you don't, you don't have the week-to-week you know, ebbs and flows in your head. But yeah, I think you nailed the numbers, though. So good for you. 
Yeah. So um, as I furiously try to pull up the uh, the the WrestleNomics article, um, Brandon Thurston. By the way, he went on the uh, <laughs> he went on the uh, the the Eric Bischoff Strictly Business gimmick today. Oh, I don't yeah? know how many people know. Yeah. Interesting. I okay. I don't know how many people know that yet, or I I don't know if that show's live or it's been recorded for the future, but um have to tune into that one to see how those two uh they don't seem like they yeah it seems like <laughs> that uh i could see that being contentious at points and, and 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 bischoff likes brandon but i think you know bischoff also likes to live in his own little universe and want things to go the way that he wants it to go for his narrative so and brandon doesn't work that way brandon's like no the facts are the facts the things are the things you know what i mean so yeah. I, i'm i'm curious then how that uh, how that played out it, interesting, interesting. I, I don't think it would be contentious but it was there's the possibility for some decent debate right for sure for so, sure anyway just because you know I'm, I'm trying to look up the numbers okay so yeah I, it was 953 and a point three four, and uh they were up 16 percent in total viewers and 15 percent in the demo so i missed one number by one percent oh come on joe um, get it get it together yeah highest view highest I, total viewership since march 22nd on the highest yeah. 18 to 49 since february 22 so people like blood and people like guts. I do like that uh, on WrestleNomics. I'll have to tell him it says AEW Dynamite Blood and Guys <laughs> July nineteenth. That's a different show, I think. Blood and Guys. Are, are you seeing that too? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. well that's right next um, to the CZW pay per views you can purchase on pay per view still. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sammy Callahan's Greatest Wars, and like, it's like who's watching this? Far be it from me to kink shame. Whatever you're into. Um. No, but yeah, no, it's a good number, obviously. And and we talked last night on the Instant Reaction Live, or is it live Instant Reaction? What do we instant call reaction it? Instant Reaction Live. Instant Reaction Live. On, live and on all the caps, Instant Reaction baby. Live. Yeah, we talked how when they announced the match, you know, that week they pushed a bunch of tickets in that building and then, you know, they sold all the, uh, the, the tickets that were available. They opened up some new sections. Uh, it was one of the highest attended dynamites of the year. You got to go back to January to find a dynamite that had more paying fans. And then you look at the rating that came in today, you know, with numbers, the biggest since February and March, you know, first quarter of the year. So, yeah, the feud and the match at this point has to be chalked up as nothing other than a success. So uh, that's what I think about the rating. There what you did go. you think about the rating? Do you uh, agree yeah. or do you? No, okay. exactly. I, I, that, that's that's a good number. I think uh, the quarter hours I thought was interesting that they they held pretty much. There was a people watched the initial stuff. Uh, they tuned in initially. Then it looks like they kind of fell off for a little bit during the the, the hook uh, uh, Jack Perry match. Not a whole lot. I mean, a very small amount of numbers here. Came back for Cole and MJF and pretty much just stuck around the entire night then after that. We we're just like, all right, we're, we're here and we're watching because yeah, it's pretty much consistent the rest of the way through uh, up until the finish, which, you know, the last, you know, part of the match and, and, and then the overrun uh, at 980,000 in terms of total viewers. So. Uh, no, I think uh, a very good number cannot be upset about that, and 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 yeah, it speaks you know to how good this feud has been, and and what blood and guts still means, and delivering a bl- on blood and guts, and 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 really just AEW, and, and we talked about this a little bit last week when we were discussing with the pay per views, is that these branded shows always do feel people go into them thinking this is an important show, this is a show that I should watch, this is a show that I shouldn't miss or whatever. We you know again we'll typically do instant reactions for them or whatever. You can see like you said initially like seconds into the show you just felt this is a big show, this is a big time show. Jack Perry's out here, he's 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 burying his old gimmick. Like there's it just felt like a big show and and, and viewers have kind of followed that and I am kind of curious that if they do expand to pay-per-views, how many of these, you know, still occur uh and 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 do they do these or do they basically just 
use these sort of shows as as pay-per-views instead of trying to pop you know weekly uh, uh numbers but it's yeah no you can't you can't highest viewership since march and the highest 18 to 49 since february that's that's success that's success anyway you know you can I, I i know we you know that's interesting that you bring that up because i know we had that conversation last week but i hadn't even considered moving blood and guts to pay-per-view but if they do go to the 12 pay-per-views and it look they're that's happening that's gonna happen yeah did you hear point. the tony Khan answer on the uh, media call that uh, our invite got lost in the mail uh, unfortunately um <clears throat> Essentially, just like, well, I don't know any successful wrestling business that hasn't done it and, you know, and, and hasn't, you well, know, yeah. reaped the benefits. It was basically him saying, yeah, but we can't, I can't say yes right now. But the way he free, yeah, he, you had it, you had it, uh, you didn't have it backwards, you had it sideways. He, he said, I don't know of any uh, uh, wrestling company or, or fight sport company that hasn't expanded and it hasn't been a success. So, that's saying yes without confirming it, that, that we're going in that direction. And Look, I think he said too. that he reached out to them about it, whereas other reports were that Turner reached out to him. So either way, both parties are are clearly in lockstep here. Just need to find a way to kind of yeah. make it happen. Yeah, and you know, and also someone asked him about Dynamite going to three hours, and he didn't even write that off. And that shouldn't surprise anybody. I mean – People should understand by now that this is a content business and the content drives the revenue. So the idea of Dynamite going to three hours at some point, which, you know, as we know with WWE, with Raw, at times that has really stretched the limits of their creative. Uh, most people, or I would think, maybe not most, a lot of people think that it's made for a worse show over the years. Raw being stretched out to three hours, I would fall into that camp. You know, I, I think the sweet spot for a pro wrestling show is 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 ninety minutes to two hours. You get longer than that, it's it's really hard. But the the name of the game is you get more money for that, and that's why it, WWE doesn't do it because they want to do three hours of Raw. They do it because USA pays them more money for three hours of Raw. So at some point, if Warner Brothers Discovery and they keep asking for more content, like we talked about last week. They come to Tony Khan and say, we want to we want to add a third hour to this highly successful dynamite show that just has been crushing it on Wednesdays for four years. Uh, they're going to sit down at a table and they're going to hammer out a number and dynamite's going to be three hours. I mean, that's all there is to it. So they did a soft I, test. I, honestly, they did a soft test last week and with uh, collision, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit with the battle of the belts coming immediately after collision and essentially just three straight hour block of shows and they tried to you know differentiate that oh no it's battle of the belt it's not the you know extension of collision but then there were several things throughout collision that they were saying hey you might see the result of this on battle of the belts we might run out of time here and we'll swatch it on battle of the belts or hey you're gonna see willow and ricky starks get their trophies on battle of the belts like they did three hours they did a three-hour block on saturday and it was very successful so yeah get ready i mean it's it's i, I don't want to say it's gonna happen but it it i would i would assume at some point the conversation will be had whether it actually pen meets paper, I don't know, but that conversation is going to happen. Content is king. Content is is and will continue to be king in the pro wrestling business, and Tony would be an idiot to turn down whatever bag of money that they would give him for the extra hour of Dynamite or the extra hour of whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, uh, Saturday was interesting because, you know, by splitting it into two shows, Collision and Battle of the Belts, what you do is you don't drag down um, – collisions average right because 
Battle of the Belts is going to run deeper into the night. Is obviously it's going to do a smaller number the later you run. Uh, we all understand that that's how that works. But the, so what you do is you just the, the two hours of collision counts as a rating, and then the one hour of Battle of the Belts counts as as its as its own individual rating. And collision, I think, came in fourth behind UFC, UFC prelims, and uh, some other uh, big sporting event. Let me see if I can find it. Um, oh, the the Wimbledon uh, women's final, which oh, aired yeah, in the yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, to finish fourth on the day in cable, you know, behind those things isn't, in, you know, there's no shame in that at all. That that's a good number. That's a great number for Saturday night. And uh, Battle of the Belts came in fifth. Now they had the transmission issue, so technically, like a half hour of Battle of the Belts was counted and then 20 minutes of battle of the belts was counted separately. But even if you combine the numbers, we don't need to get into the weeds with that. The point is battle of the belts did uh, better than it did ever. Right. I believe that's the best battle of the belts demo. Number I ever done. I think I read that. Yeah. Let me, let me see if I can find it exactly on WrestleNomics, but I, I'm pretty sure it was, which again, like that speaks to the success that it was that it's like, okay, they, yeah. they soft did three hours on Saturday without really telling people they were doing a three hour block. And it was, pretty damn successful <laughs> you know what you know whether you chalk it up to a collision whether you chalk it up to okay it's not after rampage it's not just a standalone show whatever it may be they kind of put their toes in the water there with that and and it it worked it was a very successful you know third hour of of, of wrestling for AEW on tnt on saturday so you really win because you get two shows in the rankings there you know instead of just calling it a three-hour collision and then you get one show, and then the average is dragged down a little because the third hour is always going to do worse, especially at that hour on a Saturday. So um, now, now they've dabbled with that before. Battle of the Belts recently has been an extension of Rampage yeah. on Fridays. They usually run it right after Ramp, which is really a death slot because now you're talking about Friday midnight oh, on the East Coast, it. right? Yeah, yeah, forget because, it. Because uh, Rampage is 10 p.m. Eastern, right? I think it's 9 p.m. our time. So it's 10 p.m. Eastern. And those Battle of the Belts were starting at midnight on Friday nights, um, you know, but but yeah, it's, uh, you know, Collision did well this week. And now that we have about a month's worth of data on Collision, we can safely say that that point one three for week two or, or week three, whatever week that was, is a complete aberration and had more to do with whatever you want to chalk it up to the 4th of July weekend and people not being home. Who knows? But that point one three, where everybody was like, oh, shit, maybe this is going to be a colossal failure because we didn't have a large data set to look at, right? We had the debut, and we had this awful number. And they've beaten that now. They've, they're back to where they were, you know, before that point one three the last couple of weeks. It looks like Collision's going to live somewhere between point two and point two three in a normal week is what it looks like, you know, because we have a decent amount of weeks now to kind of look at. So, and that's going to be good enough most weeks for top five until college football starts. And then we'll see with the college football. So this is all the, un- this, this is all the unknown. I mean, we're entering, un- no one can really definitively say what's going to happen when the college football starts. You know, uh, a lot of the college, a lot of the networks that run college football have kind of gotten away from stacking everything, all of the top games in prime time. Fox, for example, they run their biggest games at noon. And they've been very successful with this uh, big noon kickoff strategy that they call it with the college football. What's happening with the networks with the college football is why are we all competing 
against each other and splitting up the same pie at the same time when we can exploit the market inefficiencies and run the games at different times. Right, our you got your noon, you have your times. three o'clocks, like, yeah, your, your three o'clock kickoff for some the of the other windows, the, some yeah. of the, uh, the SEC stuff. And, you know, predominantly, this, the, some of the big Saturday night stuff tended to be a lot of your Pac 12 games, your, your big USC games, those, those, those sort of things. That's going to kind of all change a little bit, obviously, with, with, with UFC, you know, moving on, you know, to the Big Ten and all. So I don't know, it, it's strange. Yeah, it's like the powerhouse Pac 12 stuff doesn't really have the same power that it once had uh, and that tends to be a little bit later and like you said yeah they've kind of pounced a little bit more on all right you know you guys run noon we'll run three we'll run it so i i don't know it's gonna be it's it's, yeah, it's, it's not the same cultural landscape it was a couple years ago so it might be or, yeah like a decade ago they've you know it's like you know fox kind of owns the noon window and then the sec games have been you know 330 yeah you know, yeah for, for yeah for for us in the central time i always remember yeah 233 somewhere around that range you would get you know yeah, your and, and, alabama yeah, so, and your floridas and those sort of guys that come up and, and and do their thing and that's not to say that there's never going to be big games in prime time there is and here's the other thing even when there's not big games in prime time the thing with college football is there's always like eight games on so even if none of them are a huge game collectively <laughs> they're doing millions of viewers even if uh, each one, even if none of them uh, on their own are doing some, you know, amazing number, you, you're still competing with, you know, six to eight games in any given window uh, across all of the various networks that are airing the game. So, and that's all going to be the unknown. We don't know how that's going to affect collision. We don't know. Well, we know it's going to affect it. We don't know how much it's going to affect it. And, you know, we're all going to learn as we move along, but at least, before college football gets going in a couple of weeks here, because, you know, it's going to start late August. Uh, they kind of live in the 0.2 to 0.23 range. And, you know, we kind of know that. We we do know that. But there's going to be weeks where collision gets hit with big-time sports competition, with the college football or whatever else, where they're going to dip down and, and do a poor number. I mean, that's just – we knew on running Saturdays that that was going to be the case. Uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's going to, you know – it's going to be impossible to avoid. But, yeah, the Battle of the Belts did a big number. And, you know, as far as going back to what started this conversation, you know, I would I would pretty much call it a certainty that at some point Dynamite's probably going to expand the three hours. I mean, let's be realistic about it. As long as it continues to, to produce numbers and be successful, WBD is going to want more of it. And Tony Khan's not going to turn down the money just like WWE didn't turn down the money. It's a content business. And, you know, he, he hasn't turned down content yet that they've asked for. No, so no. And, and, um, and, and their worth is about to be expanded tenfold, uh, over the next couple of weeks and, and, and months, depending on how long the strike ha- continues. Because again, like during the pandemic where everything else shut down and wrestling kept going, TVs, movies, they're all going to shut down. Wrestling is still going to come, it's <laughs> still going to get going. So it's like there's only going to be even more value of like this is, this is like the most fail proof thing that we could put on our network. It, it's, it's relatively affordable. It draws decent enough ratings. It lives through pandemics and union strikes and all these sort of things. And yeah, it, 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 it has, no matter what those numbers are, it, it, it sustains enough numbers. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the collision numbers here in a, in a bit, but you know, getting over a half a million people to watch, you know, a, 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 an event, a live event on a Saturday night on TNT, you know, and, and, and get 0.20 in the 18 to 49 demo. I mean, that is insanely, insanely, insanely valuable. If you're a network like Warner 
uh, that, or, or like TNT or TBS or whatever, because yeah, I mean, the, the ads that you can put on something like that versus the ads that you can put on insert random movie that came out yeah. seven years yeah. ago that they're normally airing on Saturday nights or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, it, it's, it's, it's a monumental difference of what you can do is having a half of a million people watching that show on a Saturday night, a captive audience watching it live uh, in that 18 to 49 demo. I mean, that is so, so valuable for anybody. So anybody that looks at any of these collision numbers, other than that, you know, July 1st number uh, that looks at any of these other numbers is like, Oh, I don't know. It's like, no, you're, you're, you're out to lunch. Warner has got to be, you have no idea what you're talking about. You have zero idea what's going on in, in, in the actual business of TV or the business of wrestling. No idea. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And, um, you know, I think, and I've talked about this before. We've talked about this before. I do think with as well as WWE is doing right now, it's just for a lot of people, it's just easy and convenient to compare AEW's television numbers to WWE's numbers and see them as failing or see them as not doing well in a world where WWE doesn't exist. Nobody looks at any of these AEW television numbers and thinks of them as anything other than a amazing success. Dynamite is a runaway television hit. I know I've said that a few weeks in a row because I'm not sure how many more people need to understand that and hear it. Dynamite is an, is an unmitigated runaway cable television smash hit. Uh, the likes of which, you know, name any others, uh, any of these newer television franchises that have come around that are that are smash hits, like the Real Housewives franchise or anything else. Dynamite, Vanderpump you know, right Rules, there. all of them. I mean, Dynamite <laughs> is a massive cable hit, and you know, it's it's. I think because, with no off season either. You know, I forgot to mention that in my my you know piece about how the networks look at this. No off season either. No weeks off. Vanderpump right. Rules. They need to take some time off. You can you can do seven reunion shows and six finales or whatever. But at the end of the day, Vanderpump Rules has to go away a little bit. You know, the Real Housewives have to go away for a little bit. Sports go away for a little bit. There's off seasons. There's none of that. Every week, fifty two times a year, you're getting wrestling. Yeah. So it's immensely you know, valuable, you know, and even rampage with the numbers that they do in that terrible time slot is that, you know, those are still good cable numbers for that time slot. You know, it's not like rampage is finishing 12th in their time slot. They're always like near the top in their time slot, which again is a massive, massive boon for WBD to have sometimes live most, most of the time taped sports in that time slot. Where like you're saying you get better ads for that than you would for, you know, a sitcom rerun or, or a movie rerun, or, you know, you know, some movie from 1997 or whatever the case may be. So, um, and that's why they keep asking for more. So yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the his answers, Tony's answers in that press call to all those questions were essentially yeses without saying yes, you know, cause, cause you know, he knows what's coming down the pike and uh, this expansion of content without question. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm not saying it's coming tomorrow. I'm not saying it's coming next week, but uh, it's coming for sure. So let, let's let's you know let's just do the AEW Collision check in now since we're talking AEW. It'd be weird to kind of jump over to New Japan and then go back to AEW. So let, let, let's talk about it because we haven't talked about Collision on audio uh, since its debut. I, I know that you've touched on it a little bit here and there. Uh, on your Dynamite reviews, you did a, a column at uh, flagshippatreon.com uh, talking about how Collision and Dynamite were very different and sort of, you know, two different diametrically, you know, under the same umbrella company, but still a very different look and feel, which I think I, I agree with and is a positive for sure. But I thought, you know, let's check in on the show because we haven't really talked about it. We haven't really ran the numbers. We haven't really talked about, you know, the actual in-ring uh, of Collision or actually how Collision is, you know, how it looks and feels. And, and, and you know, so last week's show, 
was I thought a fantastic hour, uh, two hours of wrestling. Like that is everything that I kind of want out of TV wrestling. Uh, you know, you have the Owen Hart tournament matches. Both of those I thought were solid. Uh, FTR and Bullet Club Gold was phenomenal. I, I can't believe there's not more people talking about that match. I maybe there maybe there was, and I kind of missed the conversation. But I I, I don't know, Joe. What do you think of that match? Because I thought that was just fucking tremendous professional wrestling by FTR and and and, and Bullet Club Gold, Jay White and, and Juice Robinson. I I, I adored that match. That's going to be in my top ten at the end of the year. I'm positive of it. I don't think you're going to be alone. I think that. Um... Yeah, it, it was one of the best AEW matches of the year. There's no doubt about it. I mean, for them to go an hour and do two out of three falls and make all three falls feel so different. And I don't think the match dragged really at any point. It was compelling. And you have to work around commercial breaks and the television format. And that's not easy either. I mean, there's a big difference between doing a match like that on TV and doing a match like that on a pay-per-view where you don't have to worry about any of that shit. You can go out there and structure a pay-per-view match any way you want. A television match has to be structured around picture-in-picture breaks. It has to be structured around full-on. If you're going that long, full-on breaks. You have to uh, fit it into the, you know, you have to you hit your your time cue because you have to leave time for everything else that's supposed to be. It's, it's a totally different animal. Right. They open the and, show, too, which is it's very tricky to have that sort of it's, – it's, it's different when you can have that match and say, all right, you guys got – you know, 48 minutes. All right, there you go. Here's your hard out. Right. Yeah. Your hard out is, you know, nine o'clock or whatever. You got 48 minutes. Here you go. Go. And and then the referee's going to tell you, all right, you got 10, you got five. They're opening the show. So they can technically do what, you know, they can do whatever they want, but you fuck the entire show up if you don't at least in, in some way, shape or form, keep your cues. Yeah. So they, uh, no, it was a great match. I completely agree. And then, you know, I thought the, the Owen final with Ricky Starks and CM Punk had great crowd heat. You know, you had the let's go Ricky, let's go Punk dueling chance, so it had a great atmosphere. Um, good match, not a great match. Uh, you know, and and uh, I thought it was an, another excellent collision. There's been five collisions, I think, and I think I've, I think four of them were were excellent. And I thought there was one that was a little bit down. You know, I don't know if it was week three or week four, one of those in there. I didn't like as much as the others, but uh, four out of the five, it's been my kind of wrestling. I mean, it's really uh, low key. What I what I love about it and and like this last week's show is it starts out, you know, just promos backstage, just guys talking to the camera about why they're going to win their match. Yeah. Hold on. FTR saying we're here to defend our belts. Boom. Bull Club Gold saying we're here to win the belts. Boom. Cold open with a little dramatic music. Yeah, a little music behind the back on Will saying, you know, I'm going to bring my big hair and my big fists and I'm going to kick some ass out there. You know, it's just like, hell yeah. All right. It's sort of like go. what they used to do with Saturday night's main event. Absolutely. 100% exactly what, what, what I was going to say is that they, they grabbed the Saturday, night, the Saturday night's main event thing where, yeah, the first two minutes of the show are the main players of the show talking about what they're going to do on the show. Boom, into the intro. Boom, right into the wrestling. And then it was no bullshit. Just professional wrestling and, and and that's it's something that you know you've taught and I, I don't want to belabor the point i don't want to do it again but it's something that i do feel like has been missing from dynamite there used to be a, a point in time and it wasn't that long ago it really wasn't that long ago where i would come on this show or i'd we do a, a review or whatever and i would say one of the things that i love about AEW is they're just unabashedly a professional wrestling company they're wrestling they're not ashamed of being wrestling they're not they don't want to be anything but wrestling they're fine being a wrestling company a pro wrestling company I don't. I, I can't say that same about what they've done over the last 
couple of months where I, I don't know if they're fully on board with being fully 100% wrestling with a capital W or whatever. And, and Collision is not that. Collision is unabashedly a wrestling show. The people talk about the wrestling matches. They talk about how they're going to win their matches. And then the wrestling matches happen. And then they're done. And then that's the show. You know what I mean? It's, it's none, nothing else. It is everything happens in front of the camera. Everything happens in front of the ring or in front of the crowd, I should say. Everything happens in the ring. It's just like that. That is it's what I've been wanting out of Dynamite for a very long time. And I'm, I'm you know, it's okay. It, like if, if, if Dynamite's going to go in the direction it's going to go, that, that's okay. There's still a lot I love about Dynamite. But. Collision over the last couple of weeks has really been hitting my, okay, this is kind of what I wanted out of Dynamite that they seem like they've gone away from, but Collision's now giving me that again where it's just, it's a pro wrestling show, and I just kind of want to watch a pro wrestling show, Joe. I know it's wild, but, you know, when I turn on pro wrestling, I, I just kind of want wrestling, and I'm getting that out of Collision. Yeah, yeah, I've written about it behind the paywall. It's meat and potatoes. It's meat and potatoes, pro wrestling, and... um. There, there's almost always at least one great match. You know, the first two weeks had those multi-man tags with CM Punk. And we we reviewed the first collision together. And, you know, I, I liked that show way more than you did. And I think I liked the, the main event way more than you did. You liked the show. I loved the show. Yeah, yeah. That you, was, th- you thought it was one of the, one of the best and, shows, <laughs> one of the best professional wrestling shows you'd seen in, in a long time. Where I, I was just like, yeah, I think it's very good. But that, yeah, we both liked it. We definitely both liked that show. I think I called it top Twenty percent of all AEW shows that have ever television shows or something like that. You know what I mean? I it's a, I didn't think it was one of the greatest wrestling shows to ever happen on TV, but I thought it was a really really good AEW television show. And that six man main event just it just reminded me of classical Japan. You know, it, it really did. And um, you know, with with the star captain on each team and building up a singles match for Budokan Hall. You know, it felt like a cork in six man tag. And then they came back with an eight-man tag the next week with a lot of the same players. You know, uh, that match wasn't quite as good, but again, as it's just you know meat and potatoes wrestling. And you know, this week with the with the with the great you know one hour uh, you know two out of three falls tag match. And um, the thing about Collision that I like, and I look forward to Collision every week. And I like Dynamite. I I like Dynamite, but what I like about Collision is that it's different. And I, I think that matters and it's important and they've made a concerted effort to make that show feel different. And I think that's a, a great thing because I, you know, if collision was Saturday dynamite, I'd still watch it every week. I would probably like it most weeks, but I'm glad that it's not that right. And I'm they very, could, they very easily feel. could have done that. They could have had Excalibur and someone else do the commentary or, you know, you know what I mean? Like they, they went two wildly different guys, guys that you hadn't heard with, with Kevin Kelly uh, and Nigel, and then you get Ian Riccoboni in there to fill it out. I mean, it looks and it feels and it sounds different. Yes. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And to me, that I look forward to it a little more because if it was just Saturday Dynamite, there would definitely be weeks where I would be like, eh, I've had my fill of AEW this week. And I'm not necessarily looking forward to this, you know, and it would, and then it would have that rampage effect where maybe it sits on my DVR for a couple days before I get to it. But the show feels so different, and because there's just enough of a different talent, like, you know, FTR has barely been back on Dynamite. Punk has only shown up on Dynamite once. Uh, Ricky Starks has mostly been on Collision because all his stories are there right now. So it's like not only is the show paced differently, not only does it feel like a different show than Dynamite, but it's also has 
a good chunk of talent that you're not seeing three days earlier either. Right. So it's like, it just, it feels different. And I think that's important. And I think that's helped my enthusiasm for it because I don't feel like I'm just getting an extra two hours of dynamite. I feel like I'm getting two more hours of wrestling from the same company that is just paced different and it presented different. And I appreciate that, but it's not so different that it doesn't feel like the same company. I still feel like I'm watching AEW. And I, and I do think that the different commentators makes a big difference too. And I'm, and I'm happy for that because you know, I, I do think not hearing Excalibur for once helps make this show feel a lot there. And I like that Kevin Kelly's style is different than Excalibur. All of these differences are good things. They're not bad things. These are all good things that make them feel like distinct shows. And that like, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm watching something. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a meat and potato, you know, it, the best comp I I've made for it. And I'll see if you agree to me, collision feels like 1992 WCW Saturday night. Oh, my favorite, my all time favorite era of yes. the show. The best era. Just, yeah. Steve Austin, Ricky <laughs> Steamboat, Dustin Rhodes. You know, you go right down the line wrestlers wrestlers right arn anderson bobby eaton sweat these guys would be chopping each other sweat flying all over the place you know just just meat and potatoes great pro wrestling and collision reminds me of 1992 wcw saturday night where i knew i could sit down at 605 and watch 90 minutes or two hours or whatever of no nonsense pro wrestling where guys were just gonna go out there and wrestle and beat the shit out of each other. And I'm going to see somebody's hand get raised. And uh, that's what the, and, and, and the fact that collision airs on Saturdays in almost the same time slot on almost the same network and all of those things, you know, makes that comparison even more apt. And I think it's good that AEW has a show like that. And also has like the show like they have on Wednesdays, which I still think, is the greatest pound for pound wrestling television show that has ever existed. Dynamite. Oh, absolutely. So this isn't, this isn't me putting over collision and saying, fuck, I'm done with that. No, dynamite is still the greatest television show in wrestling history, but I'm really enjoying collision as well. Yeah, the, the, the numbers for uh, Collision have been pretty interesting uh, as well. So you had the, you know, obviously you had the debut uh, June 17th. That got 816,000 viewers uh, on average and a .33 in the 18 to 49. But like we always said, throw that one out. Get that, like the second Rampage, the Punk, throw that thing out because it's going to be stupid if you compare the rest of the thing. It'd be like comparing today's SmackDown ratings to the debut on SmackDown and saying, ah, SmackDown ratings suck. They had 4 million <laughs> on this day, and now they only have 2 million. What are they doing? What's wrong? And it's like, okay, no, <laughs> that's so stupid. Don't do that. So we're going to throw out that debut. June 24th, uh, 595,000 viewers on average, 0. 0.21, 18 to 49. Now that you know, had a, a, a big drop in, in total viewers like it was going to have, but you know, the, the 0. 0.21, 18 to 49 is a solid as hell number. Like we said, any network would take that on a Saturday. Uh, you know, any, any, any cable network for sure would take that on a Saturday for a live sports, a live pseudo sport event with a captive audience. You're going to take that 595,000 viewers. Now, the aberration that you mentioned was that July 1st show. The third episode of AEW Collision, July 1st, 452,000 viewers on average uh, for a .13 in the 18 to 49. Now, that was the, oh, my God, whoa, Jesus, like, this thing's not good. What's happening? July 8th, they came right back, 580,000 viewers on average, .21 in the 18 to 49. So pretty much 
almost exactly what they had on the June 24th. And then this July 15th show uh, last weekend, 497,000 or 479,000, I should say, viewers on average and a point two zero eighteen to 49. So now we know we're looking at somewhere in the range of a little over half a million and a point two zero in the 18 to 49 is, is there, there's stable numbers at this point, which yeah. again, like we said, any network would take and TNT will absolutely take on Saturday. Now look, and that's, that's going to usually be good for about a top five finish on a Saturday. Um, and that's, yeah, you throw out the debut, you throw out the point one three, And, uh, we, we see now that, yeah, it's like I said at the top, they're going to be somewhere between a point two and a point two three. They're going to do point two three high end. You're going to be around a point two in an average week, maybe high teens on a, on a, a week. That, but that that's the neighborhood they're living in. I think we have enough data to look at and, uh, that's what the show is going to do. Um, you know, I think the addition of collision and, and, you know, now with the two, two hour shows, I really think it, 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 it helps rampage from the, from the standpoint of there's a lot of pressure off of rampage on Friday nights now, because it, you know, people aren't going to judge it through the lens of it being, the number two show it's very clearly the c show by a mile like it it, you know what i mean so it's like we have another show now where important things are always going to happen with collision and that takes a lot of pressure off of what rampage is and i think it takes a lot of the criticism off of rampage rampage is like a blob of clay now that you can do anything you want with and they have a few weeks ago it was just three random matches with mid carters that had no storyline connections at all. Well, one of them did the Hardy match, the Hardy tag. And then there were two other matches that just were just random mid card matches where, where people were just wrestling. It was just a wrestling show. Right. And then the next week, it was like an extension of dynamite where dynamite stories led to what we saw on rampage. And we had the elite versus the dark order to open the show and, and all of that. So it's like, you can do like rampage is like this thing that Tony can just kind of play with on a weekend week out basis and do different things with now. And it takes a lot of the pressure off of that show. And I've really enjoyed rampage since collision has rolled out. Raz, there were, there, there were weeks of rampage before collision came out where it was almost like, man, that was a great dynamite. I want more AEW. You watch rampage and it's a terrible show. And <laughs> yeah. You weren't getting that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, well this sucks. Like why does, why is there nothing good on rampage this week? Now it doesn't matter. You know, and it almost makes Rampage almost like this fun, you know, almost like their version of Velocity or their version of WCW Pro, where you're not concerned if it's like an in-canon, let's move the storylines along hour of wrestling. It's just Friday night. Most of the time, I think a lot of people are watching it on the DVR anyway. So you're done going out, doing whatever you're doing. Uh, If, you know, going on a date, hanging out with your family, watching baseball, whatever you're doing on a Friday night. And you come home at one o'clock in the morning and, 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 and throw rampage on, on the DVR. And it's just a pressure free hour of wrestling. So I, I, I kind of think in a weird way, collision almost improves rampage by accident. So I, yeah, I've really enjoyed rampage the last couple of weeks too. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the only thing with AEW TV now is the stuff we talked about last night on the instant reaction, just, you know, a lot of the silliness that they're doing on dynamite right now, which unfortunately you know, and if people want to hear that conversation, they can go listen behind the paywall. Uh, we're not going to do it here. Uh, you know, we're going to see more of it because, you know, the, the the MJF, Adam Cole, Buddy Cop stuff is a hit. So they're going to keep that going as long as they can. And they're going to look for other ways to create that kind of content because it's popping quarter hours. 
and it's over big in the buildings. Now, I will say this. I think one thing we didn't bring up last night that I kept wanting to bring up, but we were on a roll and I just, you know, it's one of those things I never said. I feel like MJF and Adam Cole are have been so good that they're elevating the shitty material. I think we do need to bring that point up because I do think a lot of this garbage that they're doing that, you know, it, it would fall totally flat if it was anybody other. MJF's a remarkable performer. I mean, we can't we can't leave that out of the discussion. And I, I do think that's part of it that we did miss last night. Yeah, those guys are doing a great job with it. It might not be what I like, but they're they're unquestionably the characters and the guys playing those characters are doing an incredible job of it. So yeah, they're, 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 their chemistry. Yeah, their the, chemistry the, the chemistry is undeniable for sure. So. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things I want to talk about with Collision is the ticket sales seem to have stabilized a lot as well. You know, there was that weird Canada run where there were some hellacious ticket numbers and ticket buys. Uh, things like it looks like things have gotten a little bit better. So some upcoming Collision show attendance outlooks. Uh, this is for Russell Ticks, uh, who, who do incredible work. Patreon.com slash Russell Ticks uh, if you want to subscribe there. Uh, July 22nd, Newark, New Jersey. That show coming up uh, in just a couple of days. Uh, tickets distributed right now, 5,163. Uh, the current setup is for 5,905, so just a little under uh, 6,000. So there's only about 742 available tickets as of the update they did a couple days ago. So that's not bad. You can do some walk-up on that. Do you get all the way to that You know, 5,900? Probably not, but you, you could do some walk-up and, and, that's a, that's and a round typical that dynamite. That's a typical dynamite house. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, 5,000 plus, you'll take that. Uh, July 29th in Hartford, Connecticut. Now, tickets distributed for this show, 2,608. You might go, oh, that's not great. But uh, the setup for that show was only 3,369. So, again, available tickets is uh, a little over 750, 761. So, you know, that that's, you know, the number itself. You might go, whoa, 2,000. That's not that good. But it's like, well, no, that it's set up for just a little over uh, 3,000. So that that's well, not, it's not a bad. good, but it's a, that's a, that's a low level dynamite number. That's a for bad sure. That's, dynamite that's not great. That's and, and, and yeah, for sure. But you know, if it, 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 it's, it looks to me, it looks better than those, some of those hellacious Canada numbers. Some of those West Canada numbers really scared me about what collision you know, was going to do. And that's what we were saying. We're like, look, Canada, there's no way to spin a lot of those Canada numbers as a success. They just, they, they, they I, some of the, they just ran some of the wrong towns. It's just, and, and we, look, what did we say? Let's judge this collision show when they get back to the United States and they start running and they run a couple of months here. Then let's see. Yeah. Before we start making any judgments on, you know, CM Punk's ability to sell tickets or what people, what the fan base thinks of collision. Do they view it as an A show? I really think the Canada stuff, you know, was what it was. Some, some of those towns did better than others, of course. But, um, you know, now, you know, like you said, like, you know, what was that? Newark that's doing okay. Yeah. That that's one that Newark in, in a couple days is yeah. Already at 5,163 with yeah. about 700 tickets left to be sold. That's a pretty shitty setup for a basketball building, but what you're comparing these two are dynamite. You know, apples to apples, company, the same company. And dynamite's doing a lot of those setups in basketball buildings. So Right, they're running know, the big arena, standpoint. but they're they're certainly not putting, you know, fourteen thousand people in those, those those big arenas. They're they're you know, even you know, even Blood and Guts, which did over nine thousand paid and was the second it was the highest attended dynamite since January. That's still a basketball building with only a 9,000-seat setup. So, you know, we're throwing roses at what they drew for blood and guts because it's good uh, when, you, when you look at it within the context of how, they've been, how AEW has been drawing. But 
believe me, they'd love to be they'd love to have be setting up, you know, 11, 12, 13,000 people oh, for in sure, these basketball for sure. buildings. Yeah, it, it's very clear from a lot of the way that they've set these arenas up and, and especially with these collisions that they're they're not super, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're not, they know what their house show business is. They right? know what the business is. They're setting up for a lot less than what the arenas can handle. And that's, you know, and they're, they're doing fair house show business right yeah. now. I would, that's the word I would use. Whereas you look at what raw and SmackDown is doing. They're doing great house show. They're yeah, they're, they're, they're going in. to a basketball arena, setting that thing up for as much as it can be set up for and selling 14,000 tickets or whatever. So yeah, they're, and they're opening up seats after that. You know, they're, they're doing great ticket business. AEW right now is doing fair ticket business. Yeah. Uh, August 5th in Greenville, South Carolina. That has 500 tickets available uh, for a setup of just over 3,000. So, again, a low setup there uh, in Greenville. But... Uh, 2,584. So there's there's those hellacious available ticket numbers that we had for a little while seem to be gone, but the setup seemed to have, have reduced a little bit uh, over, over the last couple of weeks as, as well. Uh, August 12th, Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, they're set up for just under 4,788, uh, 4, but there's still 1,191 tickets available. They've only uh, sold uh, a little over 3,500 to that show. So that's one that you look at and go, okay, they set it up for over 5,000 or, or close to 5,000 thinking they're going to get a pretty big house. There's a little bit of time there, but you probably need to, that show's probably got to get pumped up a little bit. August 12th, you got to sell some more tickets there in, uh, uh, in Greensboro. And then that, that continues in uh, 19th, August 19th in Lexington, which obviously we still have a little ways. That's it's a month away. But with that being said, uh, they set up for 5,210, uh, they've only distributed just over 2,000 tickets, so there's about 3,000-plus tickets uh, still available for August 19th in Lexington. So I think there's some good numbers in there, and there's some – I don't want to say bad. I don't, I don't know if any of those numbers are truly bad, but there are definitely – there's good, but there's also some eh, – you know, the, the setups plus the it, – it, it's – like you, uh, you I know, think like, you just nailed it. They, they're just they're they're not operating at a level where they can set up for a, these these arenas that they're running. They're they're running. They can run. Yeah, they're and they're and it's starting to mirror dynamite. Basically, some dynamites do great. Uh, you know, some do fair, and others it's like wow. You know, day of the show, they better get a decent walk up, or you're getting one camera angle all night because there's twenty nine hundred people there. You know, so, um, you know, and again. I'm going to wait six weeks, eight weeks worth of collision. And then I'm going to look back and then I'm going to see what collisions doing versus what dynamite's doing. And um, there's, there's obviously going to be more uh, consumer confidence in dynamite because it's four years old. Right. So it's like, and collision has CM Punk and they're kind of building that brand. And I do think that rampage slipping to become what was very obviously like a C-level show and Battle of the Belts not mattering and ROH being a wet fart and all of these things have contributed to a lack of consumer confidence in collision or a wait-and-see attitude with ticket buyers. Like, ah, maybe I'll wait to see what's on this show. Right, you you know Dynamite is probably going to deliver to a certain level. You don't yeah, know how Dynamite. these other shows yeah. are. Yeah, you, you, you still don't know what you're going to get out of all these other shows. And that, and that you know, honestly, when, when, when Dynamite first started, I mean, obviously they, they had some good numbers right out of the gates, but then they did kind of stall for a little bit. There was a little bit of a time where 
the numbers weren't great. I went to a, you know, a show in Chicago that did not do very well, didn't sell very much for, for a dynamite because people were just kind of like, eh, I don't know. They've been, and that's when the show was kind of, you know, at the late end of, of 2019, it, it wasn't all the way there. And it was just kind of felt like, yeah, you, you, you weren't guaranteed to get a great show. And then obviously coming out of the pandemic, they pretty much did gangbuster business since then because everybody was just like, great wrestling's back live wrestling. I'm going to watch it. And then the shows were fucking spectacular. So you knew if you were buying a ticket to go see dynamite live, you were going to get a hell of a hell, a hell of a show. And yeah, you don't know that yet with collision. You know, you, you say, oh, well, like we talked about here, the, the, the history of secondary AEW shows has not been good. So I could see people in Lexington, Kentucky saying like, eh, I'll wait and see what the card is, you know, a couple days before and then go buy a ticket. They've been selling a lot of tickets late. And I think that's probably part of it too, is like, well, no, you know what? I'm not going to buy just sight unseen. I have to buy a ticket to the show because I know I'm going to get a value out of my ticket. Like, no, what do you guys have for me? What, what's the card? Who's on it? What were the matches? Okay. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go see that, but not necessarily a month out or two months out. Are you just unquestioned, you know, no, no worries whatsoever. Boom. I'm buying a ticket right away just because collisions coming to town. That that's just, that's not how the show is yet. And, 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 you know, I will come in time maybe, but yeah, it's just not there yet. I, will, I, I do think we should mention this as of a few weeks ago, and I don't know if this is still true, but it probably is. But as of a few weeks ago, with all the hand wringing over AEW's attendance, and we just called it fair and all of those sorts of things, and we're looking at somebody's shaky advances, with all the hand wringing over their attendance, as of a few weeks ago, Dynamite was up year over year versus last year. <laughs> Isn't that very slightly. They were very slightly up year over year. And now I don't know if it's still true because that was probably about a month ago the last time I saw that number. Um, I would assume it's still true. I don't know by the time you get to July and the fact that they just did, you know, 9,500 people or whatever it was last night for last night's show, where even if they had a few bad weeks, I don't know if it's going to put them from being in the black to being in the red. But as of a few weeks ago, they were up a year over year, slightly. So... You know, it's uh, you do have to look at that too. They're showing some, they're showing the growth, you know, with the dynamite attendances. But um, anything else with AEW? Uh, no, I think I got everything AEW wise out. Again, if you wanted to uh, get a little bit more about blood and guts and and some of the you know the the, the Chinese food segment and the dance off and all that stuff from last night's dynamite, uh, that is available at flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, uh, and voices of wrestling.com slash patreon. Our ten dollar tier. Uh, will give you access to that instant reaction live, both the YouTube replay uh, as well as an audio replay you can either listen to on your, your, your phone, your laptop, your computer, whatever you may be, or your pod, uh, whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can get an RSS feed uh, to listen to that as well. So that is available $10 tier, flagshippatreon.com, uh, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling and voices of wrestling.com slash Patreon. So since we're in the AEW universe here, I'm I'm tearing up this format sheet. I'm like Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan, Joe. We talked about a format, and I'm tearing it up because we have a full card for Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor because there is an ROH pay-per-view this weekend, Friday, in lovely Trenton, New Jersey. I've never been, but I'm assuming it's lovely. Joe, is Trenton, New Jersey lovely? Trenton, New Jersey? Yeah, I don't think it's very lovely, is it? There's, no, there's nothing lovely about Trenton, <laughs> Trenton New, Jersey. New Jersey. Well, ROH no. is going to be in Trenton, New Jersey this Friday for uh, Death Before Dishonor. And as of this recording of the show, we have a full card now. So you ready for this? Um, I am ready, but I also have breaking news. You, you have breaking Okay, go ahead. Take, the, take it away. I bet you I have a match you don't have. Wow. All right. So you're going to wait? 
you're going to let me read it and then break in with the breaking news? Or? You go ahead and give me the full card and, and let's see. Okay. Maybe you'll blow up my spot. Let's see. All right. So we got four matches on the pre-show. Action Andretti and Darius Martin versus the workhorsemen Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake. We also have Layla Hirsch versus Trisha Dora. A.R. Fox versus Shane Taylor. And Josh Woods of the Varsity Athletes versus Tracy Williams. Now, look, none of those matches are, are you know, exciting me or, you know, getting me all fired up. But I'd like a pre-show with action. That's It's got action and ready, so it has action. Give me matches on a pre-show, not talking heads, talking in kayfabe. Nobody cares. So I'd rather just have these four dopey matches that I don't care about than the alternative, which they've been doing sometimes with the AEW pay-per-views. I'm in on AR Fox and Shane Taylor. That sounds like a hell of a match. I'm into that. But that yeah, sounds all right. Yeah, but you know, not exactly. Yeah, not exactly. Cancel your plans Friday night to watch it. But yeah, you know, listen, it's not Eddie Kingston, Junakiyama. <laughs> right? No, no, certainly not. But uh, yeah. uh, elsewhere on the card, I'll start with the bottom. We'll go to the main event: Commander versus Gravity. Commander. Sorry, I'll say it the right way so people leave me alone. Uh, versus Gravity. Look at that. It's Gravity getting a, a booking here in Ring of Honor. You know, Gravity is a guy I've been following on the um, Lucha indie scene. I actually I, I wrote a couple reviews of his of his matches too. Um, so he is, I believe, he is Bandito's brother. Believe that is correct. Yes. And you know, he's kind of now. I don't want to say come out of nowhere, but he has really emerged uh, lately. And he he actually I've been watching some big lucha and he had a feud with Jack Evans earlier this year in big lucha that culminated with a bull terrier match, which is what they call dog collar matches in Mexico. And um, and I reviewed that match behind the paywall. So gravity is actually a guy whose career and he's been working in Chicago, Rich. He's been working on those. uh, uh, Was it galley? Uh, Galley. Yeah. Galley lucha. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, and I, I've seen some of his matches there, some of the stuff that they put on YouTube. So it's interesting to see Gravity getting a shot in sort of the AEW extended universe here. Uh, we have the Mogul Embassy. Now, sit down for this match. This is an incredible match here. ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Titles. The Mogul Embassy, Brian Cage, Bishop Kong, and Toa Leona versus Master Watto, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Leon Ruffin. Yeah, that's the one I wasn't sure if you had. Okay. You had it. Yeah, I got it. What a wild match. That I is. love that. <laughs> Leon, the former Leon Ruff of uh, of, of NXT fame uh, <laughs> versus <laughs> with, with teaming with Master Watto and Ryusuke Taguchi. I love it. I don't know how they made that match. I, I, it, what, unbelievable. So. Completely. That's. I mean, that's, that's fire absurd. pro random button. That's absurd. That's an absurd match. Leon Ruff, Master Watto, and Risky Taguchi. Uh, the Righteous, your guys, Vincent Dutch and Stu Grayson versus the Dark Order, Evil Uno, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver. A fight without honor. The the Righteous are in line. I'm not even. I'm not doing shtick. They're in line for big push. I've been told that. Whoa. Okay. All right. So the so guy. the betting lines. You're saying. Bet the house on the righteous here. Uh, what's the match again? I wasn't really uh, the righteous Vincent Dutch and Gru- uh, Stu Grayson uh, versus the Dark Order of Evil Uno, Evil Uno, Alex Reynolds and John oh, Silver. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think the yeah the righteous. I you think, think uh, Mr. Uno is, is staring at the lights. Yeah, they're um, I you know I've been told pretty you know look I'm not saying main event push, but the righteous are an act that that Tony Khan is going to get behind is the point. Um, then you have the four way. I think the rest of this we did know already. So uh, surrounding out the rest of the card, uh, four way match for the ROH World Tag Team Titles, the Lucha Brothers. Uh, versus the kingdom versus the best friends versus Aussie open. Isn't that a ladder match or something? Uh, I believe it's just no. straight four way. As far as okay, I can tell right now. Four way. Yeah. Just thrown together. Um, actually go through the rest and then I'll make my, point. okay. Uh, ROH women's world championship, Athena versus Willow Nightingale, uh, ROH pure championship, uh, Katsuri Shibata defending his title against Daniel Garcia, uh, ROH world TV title, Samoa Joe defending the title against Dalton castle and then finally, your main event, ROH World Championship, Claudio versus Pac. All right. So, obviously, the Mark Briscoe match fell apart. Um, Tony Khan on the media call, which we were not invited to, um, said that the rest of the card was a nightmare to put together, the likes of which he hasn't dealt with since Forbidden Door last year. So, a lot of other matches fell apart. Um, look, I, I, how about you just get your shit together, plan out a card, and build backwards to it? I mean, I, I, this show is so sloppily put together. I mean, um, yeah, so many of these matches are just, they have no build whatsoever. And, you know, I understand things happen. People get hurt. Uh, there's other scenarios that go down. But it sure seems to happen a lot in this company. I, I You know, it, it, at what point do, you know, we hired a thousand people to sit in that room and uh, help put shows together and help book and all this and that. And on all these media calls, we have to hear about how I have all these people helping me and all these great voices. And then we run down the whole list. Well, what's the end result here? You know, half the day, you know, so many times we, we, we get these pay-per-views and they're just hastily thrown together. Things have poor builds and we hear the litany of excuses. And, and I just, I, I don't understand it. I, 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 you know, I'm sorry. I don't get it. This pay-per-view, uh, there's some nice looking matches on this show. And every ROH pay-per-view has delivered to this point. I've enjoyed every single one. Yep. And I'm probably going to enjoy this one. Okay. I'm just going to, you know, <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to turn this show on on Friday or whenever it's on Friday, right? Uh, Friday. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow. You know, and, and I'm probably going to enjoy a nice little three hours of wrestling. Four hours if you throw in the dupe, the, the, you know, the dopey pre-show. But, you know, the fact is, I mean, look, I, ROH has been a complete bomb. I mean, let's be honest. I, nobody. It has no buzz. Um, uh, I'd be interested what the the subscriptions are because I'm I'd be willing to bet they've gone down because I can't imagine. Well, they're down one. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I can know. I can tell you for sure they're down one uh, subscription. But well, you make it two because I don't subscribe anymore. Because why would you? I mean, you know, these are uh, this is red and black dark. A uh, slightly better uh, dark is what they are. Uh, these shows. You look at these lineups and there's nothing to sink your teeth into. Uh, you know, it just, it, it seems like there's not a ton of effort going into them. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and it's, uh, and then you see a pay-per-view like this, which didn't have any matches last week. As of last week, this pay-per-view had one match and that match that they had isn't even happening anymore. I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? This whole R and nobody was more excited about the return of ROH and uh, to ROH being run by this guy than I was. I was all about this. And it has been a complete and total flop. Not good. So, you know, I'm not watching that weekly show anymore. I just wrote my June notebook roundup 
And right there in my write-up, I said, hey, look, I don't watch ROH anymore. So if there's been anything on that show, three and a half or better, recommend it to me and I'll go find it. Right. But I'm not watching that show. No, there, it's 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 not worth it. There's so much other wrestling going on in the world that it's just it's simply not worth sitting down. Unless it's your job, unless you're being paid to review it or whatever. There, there is no reason to sit down and watch Ring of Honor a, 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 every single I week. I can't devote my time to that show. No, I can't do you, it. You just can't. Yeah, it, it, it's... That's a show that I think so desperately just needs somebody to. It, it, Tony's just got to give it to somebody. Just let somebody do it. You know what I mean? Like just tell. There's got to be some understudy that you can say. You know what? Ring of Honor is your thing now. Go for it. You know. I, I, I still want to. You know. I still want to be. You know. I want to prove. But you know what? Why don't you write the bulk of it and I'll look at it and approve and and, and offer some suggestions. Something like that. Because this is just whatever this is right now. This is unsustainable. This can't work. Maybe they are. You know. The thing about Tony is he always makes it a point to say, I'm the booker, right? He always goes out of his way to say that. And, you know, the the running gag and the way that we're always like, ah, you know, he just, this guy loves pro wrestling. He wants it, he wants to be known that he's booking all the rest. But, you know, I think there's another aspect to that. I don't think he ever wants to throw anybody under the bus, right? And right. I'll take all the blame, all the glory and all the blame. I might get all the credit, but I'm going to take the blame too. He, you know, he's not going to say, Oh, well, so-and-so is handling ROA. And then, you know, if then people are going to publicly destroy, you know, critics and everybody, I mean, are going to, you know, go after whoever it is, is the, you know, the person predominantly running ROH or handling Rampage or whatever the case may be, certain storylines. He's always going to publicly say, it's me. I am the booker. Everything stops with me. And I'm not even saying he's being dishonest because... I do believe he is that Vince McMahon figure where he rubber stamps everything and everything does go through him. And I don't think anything hits his air without him approving it. But, you know, uh, do I think he's plotting out every match, every finish, every storyline? No, I do not. I do not. He didn't hire all these people and bring all these people in to do, to not do anything. (laughs) These people are, 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 are uh, contributing, but he's never going to parse out who's doing what, because he he is going to take all the heat. And consequently, he's going to always get the credit too, but that's how it works. You know, and, and I think a good boss does take the heat for his, you know, does fall on the sword, you know, and, and, um, you know, I, you know, just, you know, even in, 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 you know, you know, my career with, you know, my, my managers, you know, to my bosses, I always try to fall on the sword, you know, when I can, you know, and it, it, it that's just what you do. But I, you know, I think that, Maybe there is somebody else handling it. We don't. Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't know. I, I guess I don't know. But whoever, whoever it may be that's handling it, like we just got to. It's got to be better. There's got to be a reason to watch this show. Make me want to watch this show. What is what is compelling me to watch this show? What is compelling me, somebody who reviews wrestling and talks about wrestling? What is compelling me to watch this show? It's nothing. There's nothing. It's done. It it it, it went from had to watch it the first week. To yeah, I'll get to it the last next couple of weeks. It didn't and take long. It did. It, it was less than a month where I was just like, okay, I don't need to watch this, this anymore. Essential. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't essential to the point then where I was like, ah, I'll put it on in the background. And then the, I realized like two weeks ago, wait, I haven't watched Ring of Honor in like a month and a half. Why do I still subscribe to this thing? And then I unsubscribe to it. it it's like that. It, it, it happened that fast. It happened, you know, from. Two weeks in, I was like, hey, I got to watch every one of these. This is essential wrestling. This is, is part of what I do here to, ah, you know what? I'll put it on when I get to it to, ah, I'll put it on in the background, but not really pay attention to, oh, wait, yeah, when's the last time I watched Ring of Honor? And, and realized I don't, you know, 
I'll come back if, if people tell me to, but there's been nothing I've seen yeah. that's made me say that. And and I know that, you know, Tony's a big believer in like the late, you know, the last minute buys sort of things or whatever, but that's no excuse to have one match that uh, on your entire pay-per-view booked. No, and that wasn't the, the reasoning this time. He even admitted that it just was a nightmare. Right. So, you know, that's, it's not that, you know, that's not the, the reasoning this time around. It was just, you know, whatever it was, I don't know, just but, pick, a, um, pick a core roster of people and, and, and do some stuff with them. Like you said, but book three months in advance and say, all right, here's what we want to do. And here's my story. And who, here's the feuds I want. Like just lay it out. Like book it out. It doesn't feel like yeah, yeah, it you feels book it backwards. I mean, you, 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 you put up a framework of what you want your next pay-per-view to look like. And then you, then you, you book to, to get to that point. And yeah, you might have to change some of things. Of course. Yeah, you know, it's never going to go way, perfect. It's never going like, to go perfect. But yeah, it 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 feels like we're booking week to week, like literally booking week to week on the show and it's just yeah, it's, it's it makes it a very tough watch. I it feels to me like it's just not a priority and it just and when that's the case and you're just going to try to put everything together last minute or whatever and, and look, we might be way off. I mean, you know, somebody front on the inside might listen to this show and be like, "Oh, these fucking assholes have no idea what they're talking about. We had a card six weeks ago uh, and that could be the case i don't i don't but it's it not coming across that way and it's unacceptable anyway i mean you know it it, it 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 this has been an absolute mess you know we 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 didn't have a card and the show is is tomorrow and we have not been able to talk about the card until a day before right i i i, I, mean, I put my notes in maybe five hours ago before ring of honor aired this this week and i had four matches or five rather and now we have, you know, whatever I, I just listed there, you know, it's 12, you know, including the pre-show. But all that stuff gets loaded on at, at, on on the go-home show or whatever. That's just, yeah, that's just, that's the sloppy stuff. It, it just, they so, need, to, need yeah, to be better than yeah. that. So someone in the mess is asking us why, someone in the chat is asking us, someone in the mess. Someone in the chat is asking us why we didn't, why we weren't on the media call. I don't have an answer for you. Can't, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Rich didn't get an invite. I didn't get an invite. I didn't get it wasn't in my spam folder. I, you know, I checked all my we just didn't get an invite. Now, I don't know. I asked around. I asked a lot of other media people if they got their invites. And most of the people, actually, every person I asked did get theirs. They weren't all on the call, but they all got their invites. Um, I do know that the uh, our, our beans on toast pals, uh, the grapple podcast, they didn't get their invite. They're the only other outlet I know of that usually gets an invite to these things that didn't was the grapple podcast. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for you. Now, when the next AW pay-per-view comes around and we get our invite, I guess we could chalk it up to just, you know, lost in the mail or some kind of mass email glitch or something. And if we don't if we get don't. an invite, <laughs> if we don't get one, then let's ask some questions. And I guess we're just not welcomed. I don't know. I mean, it's not going to prevent us from covering the company or doing our job. It'd be nice to be on the calls. And I do like to do the write-ups after the calls. And I know a lot of our uh, subscribers like those write-ups that I do that we, that accompany the audio that we put out, you know, analyzing the calls. Um, we won't be able to do that because you know, I can get a hold of the audio a couple hours later, and we did this time too. But uh, you know, I, I, I I'm not going to do a write up for audio for you know I'm not going to do it the next day or whatever. It's not fresh anymore. Everyone's listened. Everyone's for you know what I mean. It's like well, if it I'm just, on the call. It, it kind of also feels 
I don't know, because a lot of people sent me the audio and said, oh, here you go. Here's the audio. And I was like, look, if they don't want me, man, I'm not going to, you know, if they don't want us for whatever reason and, and our invite got lost in the mail, I'm not that really that interested in covering the call, you know, as much as we do or promoting the call or putting the call up on our Patreon or writing anything about it. It's like, nah, if they don't want us, man. Then well, we'll... that's the whole point. That's why you're inviting us. So you get the coverage. Right, right. right? I'm not, you, the... you can't not invite us and then us still cover it. Fuck off. I'll, I'll do right. something else with my, right. the couple hours of my life. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll find something exactly. else to watch and cover. Yeah. I mean, I listened to the call because I have to be on top of these things, but I'm not going to do a write up, you know, 24 hours later. You know, now if I'm on the call and I'm, you know, involved and not like when I put that hand up, they're calling on me anyway, which, you know, if you want to add to the conspiracy theory here. uh, But, uh, you know, then I'm going to write. But, you know, I can't do the write ups if I'm not on the call. That's the bottom line. So people have asked. I don't know. Ask them why. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe again, it was just an oversight or something, but, um, you know, it's, uh, that's all I can say. I don't, I don't, I didn't ask. I would never ask. I, I'm not, oh, no, 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 I'm, no. I'm not, I'm not going hat in hand saying, we're not going hat in hand. Yeah. Say, oh, no, I, no. no, I either want me there. Or you don't, I, you know, you don't want us there. You don't want us there. That's, that's fine too. Right. You know, it's, uh, but you know, I'm not going to. Yeah, like like Rich just, I'm not going to grovel and try to find out <laughs> right. why you're either going to you're either going to send it to me or not because at the end of the day, it's not that big a deal. I can still cover the company without being on the media. Right, call. I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but uh, I'll be. Uh... And uh, yeah, I can wait a couple hours and listen to the media call later on one of the million places that put it out. But it's not. But not being on the call is not going to prevent me from you know covering the company at large. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I blame Woodcock. It was I knew it was Woodcock. Fucking well, Woodcock. I, I I don't I don't know. I don't even want to speculate. No, I, I'm know? just kidding. I don't it's, know what uh, happened. But. You know. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, they uh, I, I get all their PR emails too, and I got a PR email about an hour after the well, we're still media call. I was like, hey, yeah. so <laughs> Wait, hold on that's why I think you didn't lose my that, <laughs> you didn't lose my email address all the way. <laughs> well, that's why I, I think it might have just been some kind of weird oversight because I have a press release right here that I got a half hour after we started the show. So. Um. Yeah, thirty minutes ago, I got the press release for the ROH for show, the yeah. Death Before Dishonor card. I'm I'm looking right at it, so it's not like we haven't been struck from the email list, is what I'm saying. So maybe you know there was just some kind of glitch or something. It's, it's Woodcock. I'm telling you, it's Woodcock. <laughs> he doesn't want us. He doesn't want the smoke. Woodcock doesn't want the smoke. I have no idea. So, uh, anyway, that's uh, ROH wait, Death Before Dishonor. Are, yeah. are you saying I don't, we don't want to smoke cock? Is that what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> we don't want to smoke the Woodcock. I, yeah, no, no. Okay. Yeah, okay. not, not, no, no, just the Woodcock. Just the Woodcock. But, um, I'm a heterosexual man. I don't want to smoke cock. Right, but, but it me. does not, yeah, whatever. But yeah, it's, it's, no, it's the, the Woodcock. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Oh, right, of course, you know. of course. Not that this particular. You know. Cock, the woodcock right. is uh, he, he doesn't want that smoke. I'll tell you that. So, uh, anyway, Friday, uh, in lovely Trenton, New Jersey, Death Before Dishonor. Uh, if you're outside of the United States, it's available on Fight, voices of slash fight. Uh, if you're in the United States, it's all the usual haunts and and, and whatnot. Go, uh, go read the press release they just sent us that, that I'm sure get published elsewhere. Yeah. Tells you where you can watch it, all the other places, Bleach Report, watch ROH.com, all that other good stuff. So, uh, no instant reaction live or anything like that for us. We'll talk about it next week on, on the show. So, Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right. Uh, let's just keep moving along here. Let's let's talk G1, Joe. We uh, kind of skipped over the G1 last week. I think we talked about it for about 14 seconds uh, last week. And we, we kind of said, like, ah, what are we going to say? It's, it's happening. It's going to happen. There's four nights they are going to happen before we record next week. We'll talk about what's happened in those four nights instead of, you know, previewing it yet again. And, and here we are. We're through four nights. Uh, I don't know the format you want me to do this. I think it might not be a bad idea to go maybe block by block and talk about the guys or talk about the nights. How do you want to handle it, Joe? I'll put the ball in your court in terms of of would you want to go night by night, guy by guy, block by block? How how would you like to play it out? Well, have you seen everything? I have seen everything. I am all caught up. All right. Well, um, a lot of the people listening have heard me review all four shows. I don't think anybody knows what you think about anything. So what matches did you like? Uh, So matches that I've liked. And I guess the overall thing with the G1 this year is I don't know the right way to put this. I think there's more matches I haven't enjoyed than matches I have enjoyed. Does that make sense? Not to say that it's been a bad G1. But there's been a lot of muck in this year's G1. There's been some there's been some very good matches and some matches I really liked. But there's a lot of muck. There's a lot of muck in these these shows. So I I I like I've liked most of what I've watched, but I I do feel like I it has been sort of I don't chore isn't the right word, but it's been tough to get through some of these shows. It's been tough, and then there's always like a guy will come out and you're like, oh, all right, cool, this is going to be good. Okay, thank God this guy's out or whatever. But that that's really kind of been the overarching thought for me. I I, I like Taichi and Will Ospreay a lot. I mean that that's just a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal match. You talked about it. Uh, in, in your G1 reviews, which, by the way, Joe is doing daily G1 audio over at flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com uh, slash Voices of Wrestling. That is all there on the $5 tier, daily G1 audio, uh, the original and still the best uh, daily G1 audio. So uh, night one, like Taichi and Will Ospreay was great. Uh, Umino and, and Narita, I liked a lot. I thought that was a really, really, really good match. Uh, Kiyomi and, and Suji, I enjoyed. And yeah, that was about it from, from night one. So it's one of those things where, like, you know, Taichi and Will was great. Umino and Narita was, was really, really good. And what was the other one that I said? Uh, oh, Kiyomi and, 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 and Suji. Like, that's three matches I really enjoyed. 
but with this G1 format, that means there's, you know, <laughs> a handful of other matches that are just kind of like, yeah, all right. Uh, like Tangaloa and Kentus, not good at all. Chase Owens and Gabe Kidd, not that good. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Okada and Great Okan was fine, but not that great. Sonata and Hikuleo, not that great. So that that's kind of what you're getting with this G1, where there's going to be some standouts. There's going to be a match that that's going to stand out. And, and I think one of the things that I've noticed so far in the G1, as I kind of go over the other nights, is the guys I all assumed were going to be good are still very good. Tanahashi has lost a step, obviously. Uh, he can barely keep his pants on. He's wearing like the Shawn Michaels in 1993 gear for some reason. It's it's not a great look for old uh, uh, Tanahashi. He kind of looks like, because remember in 1993, Shawn Michaels got like real fat because he was like taking steroids but not actually lifting. And then he realized I should probably lose some weight because this is just, I look like shit. I'm just big and bulky and nothing's really, that's kind of, Tanahashi is just exemplifying 1993 Shawn Michaels right now. And I don't know if that's the best uh, Sean Michaels to exemplify, but otherwise, like pretty much everybody I thought was going to be good has been good, and everybody I thought was going to be bad has been bad. And then the guys that I was kind of on the fence with, most of them have been worse than I thought. Does that does that make sense to you, or, or, or do you have the similar thought with the G one? Because um, do you understand what I'm saying? Like the guy, everybody, like Shingo has been great, Taichi has been good, Okada's been good. Uh, uh, Kiyomiya has been good. Umino has been good. Narita's been good. Uh, you know, when you go to the, the C block, I've liked Eddie Kingston stuff so far. He's been good. Shingo, I, I mentioned him. He's been great. Ishii's been great. Saber's been good. Cobb's been good. Goto's been good. Naito's been good. All those guys that I thought were going to be good are still good. The guys that have been good in G1, so the last 10 years, those guys are still good. The guys I thought I was gonna be, were going to be bad are fucking atrocious. Toro Yano, terrible. Kenta, I'm fucking over Kenta, dude. I, I am, I'm on full-on skip Kenta mode here on out. I'm done. I'm done with that guy. Until somebody tells me, you got to watch this Kenta match and somebody I trust, I'm done. He's getting the skip. I'm, I'm over it. I can't do it anymore. He's had, he's had maybe two of the two worst matches in the tournament. Close, he's, anyway. He, no effort, low effort, crowd brawling. No thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to crowd brawl, at I least give me some Gabe Kib effort. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, going, I'm not doing low effort crowd brawling on a G1. Fuck off. No. I, I think Gabe Kidd has been the worst wrestler in the entire tournament. Um, I, I think Kent is worse than him, but Ga- and, and Gabe is one of the guys that I'm talking about. The guys I was on the fence with where I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, let's see what these guys can bl- can deliver. Gabe Kidd has been terrible. I've not liked his output because whatsoever. I, it's not his. Well, yeah, it's his match structures is the reason. It's not necessarily him. But this attack the guy before the bell, brawl in the crowd for seven minutes. Then get into the ring and the bell rings and have a one minute match. That you can go get fucked. I have no interest in that. Like, there's a way to get your gimmick over without completely tanking these matches. I have enjoyed, and now he's to me, Gabe Kidd is right down there with Kenta, who's been awful. And the thing with Kenta is it's low effort. He's just not putting in effort anymore. Like, forget the fact that his body is destroyed and he can't do a lot. Now he just looks like he doesn't care. Right. I, I can't do low effort in the G1. I'm sorry. I, I'm not watching this G1 to see guys not try. That, that, that sucks. And that's where you lose me. And Tangaloa's been terrible. And, you know, he, well, he did the press split. conference and is like, yeah, my knee still hurts. And it's like, well, good. Let's, here's a month straight of matches then. Great. Good idea. Yeah. And I don't this know if in. he's working. I don't know if he's working when he says that or if he means it. But uh, either way, he hasn't been. His, his, his work has seemed to indicate that he is not fully healthy, but he hasn't really. He's, he was never good. So it's like, you know, how do you judge that? But he, he's been atrocious. Yeah. He has not been good at all. Yeah. Yano's Yano. You either like it or you don't. 
Um, I've been over Yano for like seven years. I mean, maybe even longer. So, but you know, I think with that, the flip side is there's some people over delivering. Mikey Nichols has over delivered yep. because I expected nothing from him. I expected nothing from him, and he's been good. That Hanare match uh, is, is is in my top five of the G1 so far. I love that. Well, match. he's the other guy. Hanare has a real chance here to be kind of a breakout guy in this tournament. I don't think they're ever going to give him a big star push or anything like that. But, you know, the the Mikey Nichols match, which over-delivered and got all the safety nerds up in a dander, so that's always a bonus. And then the uh, and then the Shingo match, which, you know, may have been the best match of the entire tournament. And that's the third match they had this year. All three of them were great. And Hanare's won two of them. He's beaten Shingo twice. So, you know, he's going to be in there and he's going to have some challenges with some of the other people in this block who he may not have a lot of chemistry with or who you just can't have a good match with. Um, you know, maybe not because when I look at that block, okay, he wrestled Shingo and he wrestled Nichols. Okay, here's what's left. Finley, Evil, Kingston, Tama Tonga, and Ishii. I don't see a lot of opportunities to have like a one-star match in there. Right? Uh, so, evil. The evil match will be terrible probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But, but here's the thing. Evil hasn't really been doing heavy shtick. Now, he had a Togo finish in his last <laughs> match with say, Kingston. I just got done watching But the match Kingston, wasn't but... loaded with, but it wasn't loaded with. Him. Right, 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 right. Usually with, you know, evil in recent years has been wall-to-wall Dick Togo. Now it's just Dick Togo gets involved in the finish. Maybe. Right? So it's a it's a look. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that that's going to be a four-star match. But I'm not seeing a lot of opportunity. Like, he doesn't have Hikuleo and Kenta and Yano and all these people in the block. That he just has all people who there's a chance to have a decent match with. But Hanare has been a surprise. Mikey Nichols has over-delivered. Um, let's talk about this. What do you think about what they're doing in the A block, which was the young guy block with Suji, Amino, and Narita, where it looks like they're all going to have draws against each other? What do you think of that story? Because they've already had two. Suji drew. Yeah, it feels like we're going that way the whole way. Um, yeah, Suji drew with Narita, and Narita drew with Aminu. So the last match we have left is Suji and Aminu. And... You know, it sure looks like they're going to do draws. They're going to do three a draw. Of them. Yeah, they'll do a draw there. Um, hmm. I, I I like it, but I also wish that after this we got a little bit more of a hierarchy of like who of these guys they believe in a little bit more. Which of these guys that they think is 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 you know at this present time is the strongest of the three. And I get why you wouldn't want to do that. I would get why you'd want all of them to be on equal footing leaving this. But I don't know. It's like Uminu's gotten a title shot. Um. Suji's gotten a title shot and Narita hasn't. So I think that they've already kind of told you that hierarchy. So it's okay. But, but I also like the idea. I mean, I, I like the idea that again, these, these new three musketeers or whatever, they're starting out at, at, at zero. You know what I mean? They're all at the same, and then they go in here and no one is any better than the other. Like, I like that story, but I also kind of wish too, that after this, I had a little bit more of an idea of, of, of what the hierarchy is between the three, but maybe that's the point is to not, you know, to not do that. And I get that. I totally get that. So I don't, I'm conflicted because I think the matches have been good and I like that story, but I also, 
I just kind of thought there'd be more consequence at the end of of this. And because I really think wins and losses in New Japan can do so much more than if the, all these guys leave and all they all they did was tied. We really didn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like we really just didn't accomplish anything. Whereas, okay, Umino gets a big win over Narita. Well, now that means in the future that Narita's got to try to get that win back against Umino and 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 try to prove himself against him. And maybe Yotosuji runs the board and beats all those guys. And it's like those guys now. The next time that they face you know Suji, they they want to get that win back or whatever. Whereas if they just all do time limit draw, it's like well, okay, they were all in the same block. It really didn't you know we didn't progress anything. We didn't really learn anything. They didn't really the building blocks of future stories are not really there because it's like, well, you're just going to tell whatever stories you're going to tell anyway, because now they just all drew with each other. So I, I don't know. You know I, it's, I like it, but I also think that it's leaving a little bit on the table too. I'll say this. Yota Suji. Universally, everybody thinks that guy's going to be the next big star. He's got the charisma. He's got incredible confidence for someone with such little experience. Um, and what's amazing about Suji is everybody believes in him and he has yet to win a singles match in New Japan. He's come back, he hasn't won a match yet. And sure. everyone and he's still over with everyone like he's going to be the next guy. So that just says a ton about him. Um and he's got the rematch against Sonata. That's his next match in the block. I mean, is it impossible that he wins that? I, to, I I wouldn't. I, I would have him win that. I, I would because then I think that's a good placeholder tag, uh, a title shot somewhere in between. And then uh, do that match for the third time because what does Guido like to do more than almost any other? Yeah, player? he loves the those same rematches. match. Yeah. in the year a thousand times. So I could I could see Suji winning that match, and a lot of people will listen to this after it's over because I think it's tonight, um, or it's on the next show for that block, whatever, whenever that is. Um, I could see him winning that, and then you know one of Sonata's defenses in the fall is against Suji again. But the problem is then Sonata has to beat him again. But I guess that's okay. Because that's okay. Yeah, that's the champion. A guy, he's, this he's, this guy's career, not yeah. the champion yet. He's, he's not at the top of the level. But getting to that spot and, and taking Sonata to his, his limit and, and winning a match against Sonata in the G1 is all kind of planting those seeds that this is a guy. And, and there's no question that when this guy comes out, he is a star with a capital S, man. It just owns the room, and like you said, the crowd connection's already there. I mean, that, there, there's... I have no doubt in my mind about Yotsuji. That, that dude... Like you said, he hasn't, he hasn't won, and he's over like hell. And the fans absolutely adore the guy, and he's just so good at capturing the audience and, and just, you know, taking them in and saying, here, I'm, I'm taking you on a ride. You're watching me. Here we go. And it's just, yeah... It, uh, it, 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 it's it's no they got a guy they have a guy here in Yotsuji. See, so yeah, I say why not have him beat Sonata, do a Sonata title match. Sonata beats him again. That's fine. You don't want Suji winning the title yet, but it all plants those seeds for years down the line where where he does get that big win against Sonata and does get those two title shots and is just kind of feels like he's a guy already. And and you can really start doing some stuff with him uh, over the next year or so. They they obviously they book very very slowly, so it's probably going to be quite a number of years uh, until Yotsuji's like you know main eventing shows or whatever, but. Uh, there's, there's, I mean, he already, I mean, hell, he did main event one already, but, um, you know, consistently main eventing that's, that's a ways away, but no, they, they got a guy here. So I say, why not? I, I, I would definitely do that. But, um, you know, as far as some so other matches, oh, sorry, so go, go ahead. I was going to go block by block. Now you want to just do like that. Yeah, let, so, let's do that. So, so as far as the rest of the, the, that's the big theme in the a block, those three guys. And then we already talked about Gabe kid, but he can get fucked. If he's not going to wrestle, I'm not interested. No, I, yeah, he's, I, I'm having can... him moving forward too. You can get your character over as being an aggressive asshole in the ring. And and you don't have to do the same match every single night. But Gato loves to do that shit where they just 
every city you go to, you tell the same story to get the character over. So uh, Kid has just not been interesting to me at all. Kato Kiyomiya is in that block, and he's undefeated. Um, now, remember, it's two people coming out of each block. So um, it, it sure looks like, you know, they're not going to have Sonata knock it out of the block. So he's going to be one of them. And then you'd think it'd be Kato Kiyomiya. So I feel like the A block, now that we know the young guys are going to have draws against each other, and we know that Chase Owens and Hikuleo aren't going to be a factor, and we don't think Gabe Kidd's going to advance. I mean, we pretty much know right now it's going to be Sonata and Kato Kiyomiya, right? There's like no drama here. Oh, I think, yeah, unquestioned. Yeah, if, if those guys are just going to draw with each other, which they're obviously going to do, Chase Owens ain't, <laughs> he ain't doing that. Gabe Kidd uh, isn't doing that. Yeah, there, there's almost no. It, it, it's yeah, Sonata so those, and those are the two guys coming out of that block. Um, let me skip to C block and we'll get back to B block. So C block is interesting because Shingo's 0 2. Now, that's not unlike Gato to have a big star start off 0-2 or even 0-3, and then they make the big run and win all of their matches, and then they're in the mix on the final night, and then whatever's going to happen is going to happen. We've seen that how many – we see it every year, basically. Some, that had, some big star does that. His next match is Ishii, who's also 0-2. Now, Ishii, it doesn't matter. We all know he's going to score like four points. He never wins any matches. So does the Shingo run start here? And with the two spots available to advance – it's not as deep of a hole as usual. So he lost to Hanare. He lost to Kingston. Is he going to run the table and beat everybody else and finish in that top two? I think that's the big theme in the C block right now. And I think David Finley is a very safe bet to be the other quarter finalist out of that block. Yeah. The yeah. I, I, I is, agree. The only other guy I would have is evil, but I, I don't think that. Well, I, it's, it's Shingo and evil on the final night. There you go. So there you go. Yeah. And that's what it's going to come down to. I think Finley's going to go through, and then the sh- and they're going to set up Shingo and Evil. Winner moves on. And this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but Shingo's been my best, my my favorite wrestler so far. Uh, Mine's it, been Osprey, but I can't blame you for picking. Yeah, Shingo. Osprey's neck and neck, probably right. Probably I didn't love the Yoshihashi match a ton, so I'm, I'm I liked it a lot. For the record, I liked it a lot. It's just I really, really liked. Eddie and, and Shingo. I thought that was fucking great pro wrestling. Love that. And then Shingo and Hanari kicked ass, man. That match was awesome. So That's yeah, great. Yeah, so Shingo's at the top of my list. Will is probably my number two. But yeah, again, shout out to Shingo Takagi, who just never, you know, he comes out and you just know it's going to be. He's one of those guys that I mentioned where, like, you've had a few stinkers and then you're like, ah, here we go. And then, you know, Shingo comes out and you're like, all right, thank you. This is this is probably going to be pretty good. And so far, it's been really good. Now he's still at the Ishii match coming up, you know, like you said, in, in the next uh, next round, too. So, uh, yeah, going gonna to be great. But, yeah, he, he's my favorite so far with Will being a very, very close second. Uh, well, let's talk about B-Block then. So Okada is going to be one of the two to get through. I don't think that even deserves much discussion. And then you're looking at either the, the real contenders would be Will Ospreay, Taichi, Kenta, no, Tangaloa, no, Yoshihashi, no, ELP, no, Great Okan, probably not. ELP and Great Okan are wrestling each other next. And the loser is going to be 0-3, and then they're only going to have four matches left so whoever loses that can only get to eight which i mean you could finish in a tie for second and advance with a tiebreaker but i feel like the loser of that's probably out it's probably neither one of those guys are are guys that they're going to send on a big run they're not shingo is my point um so i mean it's probably going to be will but the thing is 
because Osprey lost to Taichi, he has to finish with more. He can't. He has to overcome. He has to finish higher than Taichi. So Taichi's two points ahead of him, but he's really four points ahead. You see what I'm saying? So Osprey's gonna have to win all of his matches. But then when you look at the block, those are all people he's going to beat. The only other, the only person there that you know, Okada, he can lose to obviously, and Great Okan because they're in the same unit. I, you know, I could see something there. He's beating these other people. So I don't know. I I, I think I think that's going to be chalk too. I think it's going to be Okada and Will Osprey. I don't know. I would agree. Um, the only uh, yeah, Taichi maybe you can put him in that mix, but I I don't. You know, I think he's a guy that he he seems like the classic you know G one guy that comes out to a pretty big run and then kind of fades as as the as the, the weeks go on or whatever. Yeah, there's um, always one or two of those too. Yeah, where he'll be at yeah. eight points and then it's like oh maybe and then he just loses every you know loses out and 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 you know ends at third or whatever, right? You know, it, it, that that's kind of where I see Taichi probably landing uh, uh, this year. But he's been good. He's been very, very good in this G1, that Will Ospreay match. Um, you know, w- one of the best matches of the entire tournament, no doubt about it. And and, and you just thought, called it a perfect pressing match. You love that match. Uh, and yeah, I liked it too. I mean, really, really good stuff. Uh, Will and, and, and Taichi, go out of your way to check that one out if you have not seen it yet. It, it, it yeah, Well worth your time. I don't, I, I don't think for the kind of match that they were doing, you can't, do it any more perfect than they did it. Yeah. Both of them. I mean, Taichi was, I don't have an adjective. He was phenomenal. He was as good I mean, as Ta- Will. I mean, it's hard to be as good as Will Ospreay in any match because Will Ospreay is just like the best fucking wrestler in, on the planet. Taichi was as good as Will, if not better in that match. I mean, his selling, Taichi, you know, from the jump. And then, you know, when he was beaten down mentally and physically early in the match, and when he was, when Will was letting him chop him because he was trying to show him up because he knew Taichi was a beaten man. A lot of wrestlers would have thrown full force chops in that spot. And he was smart enough to throw those really weak looking chops. Like, because the the story was he was dead, you know, and then Will was laughing off these, these weak chops and, and, and that match, you know, you could tell like you knew if you knew anything about these wrestlers, you knew they were building to that backdrop driver. At some point, Taichi's going to hit a backdrop driver and the tide is going to turn. And he went for it a couple times and he was too weak to do it because of the beating that he took. And will kept fucking around and fucking around and batting around the half dead mouse. And then he couldn't put him away. Couldn't pin him. And then he says, all right, well, I guess I'm going to have to pull out the big guns. So he goes to the top rope with him, and he's going to give him, like, the super os cutter or, you know, whatever. he, You know, this and, – and that's when – and that's the spot they picked for Taichi to finally hit the backdrop driver off the top rope. And I was just like, this is brilliant. This is so smart and so good because now – because Will got hit with this guy's big move, but he not only got hit with it, he got hit with the avalanche version. And now they're on equal footing. On top of the fact that Osprey took that kick to the ear. Yeah, and then it became an eardrum match. When's the last time you remember an eardrum match? I, I don't. Yeah, and we had this one. Equilibrium match. Yeah, an like, equilibrium yeah. match. And then Will's kind of like stumbling around. He never quite can stand up perfectly, and yeah. his so moves are a little off. E- you know, they're a little yeah. off. They're and a little weird. He, and then he overcomes the equilibrium issue, which prevented him from putting Taichi away. Like Taichi hits the high kick, and it's almost an accident. It's a desperation high kick. And then Will has the eardrum issues and he doesn't have the equilibrium. And that prevents him from putting away this half-dead guy. Then he overcomes that and he gets his balance back. But then he gets hit with the top rope avalanche, uh, 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 backdrop driver. 
And now they're on even footing. And now Will's scrambling. And, you know, now Taichi knows he's back in this thing. And then the closing stretch was just, that's the thing. Not only was the story perfect, not only was the placement of all of the spots perfect, not only did both guys sell perfect, not only, but the execution and the physicality was all perfect. That's why I call it a perfect pro wrestling match. There's nothing they could have done better that, 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 that they couldn't have improved upon anything in that match. Everything was perfect. Those guys were so great in that match. I'm telling you right now, that match, I'm going to remember that match till the day I die. And I am going to, that's the match I'm going to reference when I talk, when people are talking about, or I'm talking about uh, telling a great story, bell to bell and, and working towards a big spot, working towards that backdrop driver and selling that, that is the, that's going to be my example that I go to. That's how much I adore that fucking match. And that is two guys. Both of those people in that match are genius level in laying out a pro wrestling Mm -hmm. match. Both of them. You know, we talk a lot about Will Ospreay here, but Taichi is a genius when it comes to laying out pro wrestling matches. We've seen it before with him. He he is great at telling a story between those bells. He's, He's incredible at it. So you had two guys who are great at the same thing and they're also great performers, and they they just it, God, I love that match so much. I've already watched it like three times. I, I never, I almost never rewatch matches. You know that. I I love that match every second of it. But anyway, um, what did you rate that match? By the way, uh, I went four and a half. I went four and a half. That's that's what I went four and a half. And everyone was like, "All that you didn't even give it five. It's like. <laughs> But five is a vibe, man. It's like, I don't know. It's, I don't, I don't want to get into that right now. We no, have no, a, we don't we have do a that. Yeah, condensed but, show. But, but some of my favorite wrestling matches are not five star matches. You know, you know what I mean? It's, it, and yeah. it seems hard to believe to some people. And it's a ratings discussion. And anytime I get into a ratings discussion, I'm just like, this is stupid. I don't even, I don't care. You know what? I just won't rate matches anymore. It's just stupid. I don't even want to do it. So it's a perfect. It was perfect for what they were doing. But it wasn't one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. But it was the one of the it was maybe the greatest match in that type of match that they were having. Right, right, right. It's like you can see a perfect squash match. Is it a five star match? No, because the rating scale isn't it isn't scaled that way. You can be a perfect slot wide receiver, perfect, but a flawed six foot four wideout who can jump through the roof is a better player than you, even though that player has flaws, even though you're a perfect slot receiver. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah, that's kind of yeah. like, yeah. Anyway, um, eat shit, Brandon Stokely. Or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. West you know, Boston. so anyway, um, D block. That's the last one we didn't do. Right. Yep. Okay. So Saber and Cobb are on top. They're two and oh, uh, Naito lost to Cobb on night one. You know he's going to be in the mix. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tanahashi um, and Naito. I think they're they're the final night. They're they're facing one another. So I would assume that either I, I can't imagine that's a a match that has no meaning. I mean, it's going to have meaning because it's Naito and Tanahashi, of course. But I feel like that's got to influence something with the block. I feel like at minimum Naito is going to be in the mix. I could see Tanahashi being out of it and being in the position of a spoiler. I could, I could definitely see, see that. that too. Yeah, I could. I, I think Naito unquestionably will. That match will matter for him, no doubt. I don't know if it's going to matter for Tanahashi. It's like I, I don't think it's going to be a whoever wins advances type of thing. 
I, I my guess is like you said, I think Naito was probably in the mix and Tanahashi can either play spoiler or or just, you know, you know, lose in, in the final night. But uh no, it's been this this block is I wanna say my favorite. This has probably been my favorite block. Even though it doesn't have two of my favorite wrestlers, I think it's been the most consistent of all the blocks. It's been it's been it's been yeah, it's been solid. The problem for me is I it hasn't had a great match yet. No. For me. No, I, I agree. Um Will Ospreay had two great matches with Taichi. I did like Naito. I like Naito and Goto a lot though. I, I don't I can't call it great, but I did like that match a lot. I had a three and three quarters. Yeah. That, that's really great. good match. But you know, B block, I had the Osprey Yoshihashi match at four and a quarter. So he's had two already. Uh the Shingo Shingo's in the C block. And the A blocks had those, you know, matches with the with the young guys, those draws that were really good matches. So D might have like if I, I didn't work this out, but they might have like the highest average star rating because they don't have a lot of people dragging it down. Right. Right. You you have Yano, uh and, and Coglin, who, you know, has been the 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 least offensive of the people brawl guys yeah <laughs> yeah right he's been the well, least offensive you know what? I, we guy shouldn't who do sucks that because yeah. i you know what though he had a good match with cobb though yeah right so right, right. with coglin it was just that opener against um haste who the fuck was it was him in haste yeah which was very similar to the Gabe Kid show. I was so when I saw that match, I was like, "Oh no!" So every block is gonna have one of these guys. Really, every block is gonna have one of these guys. So sometimes we're gonna get you know two day, every every show. We're gonna have at least two of these. But yeah, he he did sort of redeem himself. Yeah, Coglin didn't. He didn't work like that against Cobb. So I'm hoping Kid stops working like that too. Like, all right, mm, we get it. You're, you're an asshole. You're so. a loose cannon. We all get it. Like, just fucking get in there and wrestle now. Um, and just cheat at the end if you want, you know, just, you know, but, um, so Tetsuya Naito, I don't think he's great anymore. And I don't think anybody's talking about it. Ooh, hot take there. Let's see. Let's unpack I mean, that. Let's unpack okay. that. No, no, no. I, I, I like it. On. I like it. Let's unpack it. Let me, let me ask you a question then. Without looking at his cage match, when was the last time Tetsuya Naito had a great match? Great. Last great Naito Off match. Head. Off the top of my head, I Great, not good. Yeah, because I, I I like the Mudo match, but that wasn't a great match. That wasn't a great match. Come on. I guess there was that match against Will. I don't remember when that was though. It was okay. last year Will for Ospreay. sure. Will Osprey could have a great match with my fucking six year old. Right, I forget what show that was on, but I got if if you're qualifying that, then yes. Um, yeah, well, he, had two, what, what... he had two Osprey matches I think last year, and both were pretty solid. I. Okay, yeah, but you're talking about last year. I'm talking like, about last year already. Yeah, it's not in 2023. I'll tell you that. Um, which I guess speaks to your point. It's, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Was Jeff Cobb match great? That wasn't great. That's good match. Good match. Was the Goto match great? Uh no, 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 no. I liked it a lot, but no, it was it wasn't great. Were any of his New Japan Cup matches great? I'll, uh, I'll refresh your memory if you don't remember them. Not really. But if you don't remember them, they probably weren't great, right? It was ELP, Chase Owens, and then um, uh, the the Sonata match, which was okay. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it was a good yeah. match. It's not a match. It wasn't a great match. Um, the Muto match, which look, that's a whole different thing. That's a yeah. That's a thing that I, I like. If you want to call that great, I, I wouldn't argue with you. If you thought that was a great match, I didn't think it was. I 
great. I, I thought it was, it was interesting. Two and a half. I thought it was. I thought it was a two and a half star match. Don't ask me. I'm right. Yeah. Our half, segment but... was not. Uh, we would certainly not call that a great match if you go back. But I could see if 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 you ask somebody that question, they might bring up that match. But it, it, I I don't think it would be me that would bring that one up. Um, the Cano match at the fake Wrestle Kingdom again. Good match. I didn't think that was a great match. No, not great. Right. This is what I'm saying. I look the guy's in his 40s. He's got cartilage on cartilage for knees. He don't want to take that T-shirt off. I don't blame him. I just don't think he's a great wrestler anymore. I don't. That doesn't mean he's never going to have a great match again. I'm sure he will. He could have the best match. Well, looking at this block, maybe I shouldn't say that. Who's he going to have a great match with in this block? Yeah. He had the match, and that wasn't great. Zach? I wouldn't bet on that one. I, Tanahashi would be the only one that you could say, but but looking at the state of Tanahashi, Tanahashi? right now, no, nah, that's what I said. Like looking at this Tanahashi, look at nineteen ninety three Shawn Michaels Tanahashi. I'm not so sure about that. Not so sure about that. Yeah, Coglin is not. Yeah, I, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Goto was was an opportunity to do that, and that you came and went, and good match, but um, yeah, I Saber mean, if he gets to, and, and Tanahashi is it. If he gets to a semi or a final and gets to face, I don't know, Okada or Keito Kiyomiya or something yeah, oh, like he, that. He, he's a big match type of guy, too. So I, 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 would, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't want to bet against a match like that. He could have a great match. He, he very well might have the best match in this tournament if he has an opportunity against somebody like that. All I'm saying is, look, time waits for no one. I, I, don't, I don't think of him as a great wrestler anymore. I don't know. I... Maybe I'll be proven wrong. I guess the last thing before we do our last couple topics. Sonata ain't it, man. I, I, I've, preach, I'm done. Preach. He's, I, I he hey, just ain't it. I know. He, he, I, I have never seen a world champion. I've been watching this stuff a lot of years. Not going to say how many. Ageism is real. I'm not, I've seen a lot of world champions. I have never seen a world champion in my life who gets less of a reaction coming to the ring than this guy does. He just isn't over. And most of the time, the crowds chant for his opponent. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that's kind of a thing where you want the upset, but it's yeah. like every time in com- <laughs> every when opponent you don't get, when you don't get any reaction coming out and he never does. People are just, sitting there when you don't get a big reaction when they announce your name and he never does and then most of the time they chant for the other guy i mean now we're just stacking things on top of one another and oh by the way none of these shows are drawing none of these shows are drawing and it just isn't working like these shows are down hundreds of fans from last year some of these shows are down hundreds of fans from 2021 when we were two years closer to COVID. So it's not COVID hesitancy or COVID fear. Okay. Then what is it? Could it be that the champion isn't over? And, and he's become an annoying guy to talk. New Japan always has one guy where the discussions around them are annoying. At various points, it was Okada at various points. It was Will Ospreay. At various points, it was it was Naito. 
you know, there's always one guy in New Japan where the discourse is uh, just annoying. Sonata's the current guy. Yeah. Because you say all these things that are just blatant. And then there will be people who will say, oh, he is over. They chanted for him during the match or you don't know. And, you know, if, if you lived in Japan, you'd see. And it's like, okay, what does over mean in pro wrestling? I'm going to tell you what it means. It means fans pop for you and respond to you. He doesn't get any kind of special response. I'm not saying he's a complete dud and nobody likes him. But if you want to tell me someone's over, I want to hear thunderous responses. He's also the, the world fucking champion. It's like, we and don't need kid champion. gloves with like, ah, oh, there's some people chanting. No, for him. no he's gloves. the world champion. I don't want it. <laughs> if you're over, that means you're getting great responses when you win matches, when you get introduced during the court. And he doesn't. And it also means you sell tickets. Those are the two things that constitute being over. So let me ask you a couple of questions here. Does this man get thunderous reactions ever? Uh, he does not. Is New Japan selling tickets? Not great. Sonata is not over. <laughs> right. it, it, the I, conversation I, is done. Yeah. He's not over. I, I don't want to hear about Japanese Twitter. I don't want to hear about, oh, in the building, you know, they hold up his fucking towel. He's not over. He doesn't get reactions. And business is not good. And he's the champion. Would business be good if Naito or Okada were champion? Probably not. Because it's deeper than Sonata. I'm not pinning all of this on Sonata. I'm not doing that. In fact, I'm not even saying they shouldn't have put the belt on him. Because I'm all about trying somebody new. What I'm saying is, it isn't working. What I'm saying is, he is not over. And you can't tell me he's over. Unless you can point to me, thunderous reactions, and selling tickets. Because that's what being over right. means. Right, well, we need to have high standards. We need to have high standards for our, our, our we world champion. we can't throw words around when we don't know what they mean. Over means something. He doesn't even have one of those things, let alone both of them. And, like you're saying, he's the world champion. None of this, oh, well, you know, they raise ticket prices or... People are still scared of COVID, even though two years ago, closer to COVID, they sold more tickets, but we're, we're going to ignore. Or whatever other hokey excuse you want to make for this guy. He's not over. This isn't working. And that doesn't mean it won't work. I don't know what's going to happen. This is day four. Maybe by the end of this tour, Sonata's going to be getting thunderous reactions to sold out crowds in Sumo Hall. And you know what? I'll come on this show and say, three weeks ago, Rich... We, I may have jumped the gun because that's how this works. But I see no evidence that this man is over. Nice little house for Dominion. I'll give him that one. That's it's the only check mark this guy has. That, you know, and it's against a guy, a, a fucking young lion coming back. I can't hold that against yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that one for sure. But like you said, the optics. I thought we were fair about that. We were fair about that, but the optics and the noise were, was very obvious. Not Sonata, good. Sonata comes out to nothing, and, and the f- entire crowd is chanting for Suji about four minutes into the match. So, And here's the other thing. Would it kill this guy to have a good match? They, what, what, the, what the fuck was that Hikuleo match, Rich? Main event. 
Mm-hmm. Now listen, it's fucking Hikuleo. It's Hikuleo, yeah, yeah. But they went out there and had a 10 minute hour two Raw match. Yeah. Now, that match shouldn't have main evented to begin with. That's a joke. I mean, they should have main evented with Will Ospreay and Taichi. And you still could have had Taichi and Sonata come out and do the mic work at the end. You just could have had Taichi bring Sonata out instead of Sonata bringing Taichi out, right? It all would have worked. And again, Sonata's been put in some impossible positions. What are you supposed to do with Hikuleo in a main event match? But Sonata never looks, Sonata always looks like he wants to be doing anything other than what he's doing. And that's not world champion charisma. You know, that's a problem with him, too. Yeah, well, and like I said, when he got the title, like, we have to all adjust now because the idea of that, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, short of the evil reign, I, I went all the way back to, I forget when I held how I went, uh, all the way I went back, but I went past Koji. Like, it's the first time in a number of years that that champion isn't a guy that you can rely on to have great matches. You had evil, and you had Sonata, and then you had to go back to, you know, many, 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 many years ago to find another guy where it was like, yeah, I don't know if the world champion's going to have a great match here. He might have a dud. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very possible. He, he, he's not a guy that gets the best out of his opponents, and that has never been true of any other New Japan champion over the last decade plus. Tanahashi, Kojima, Okada, Naito, Shingo, Will, Kotobushi, those guys get the best out of their opponents. Sonata does not. Guy looks the part. Hey, where the hell? Where's the hell out of a suit and a hat? I'll tell you that. I mean, he's the Japanese Nick Aldis. That's what he is. I, he looks the part, and there's just nothing between the bells. I mean, and there's not, and there's no. It's not a surprise, not a surprise man. How long have we been watching this guy? You know, I know, I know. To some people, he's we watched him in Wrestle One and had the same conversation back in 2014 or whatever. Of like, yeah. There's no next gear with this the guy's kind of boring. And then, <laughs> like it's then just, he it's... has a, then he has a semi main event with Shota Aminu. Okay, this isn't Hikuleo. No one to blame this time. They what, they got 19 minutes, Rich. Yeah, they got a, a lot of time. time. Not that great. It was okay. It was, it was okay. a fucking three star match. I yeah. was half asleep for most. It was, it was nothing match. And if you think this is just Joe Lanza or Rich Krejci. cage match six point seven six. Yeah. I, so what what do you want from me? I, I like. This isn't me just – it's a me problem or a rich problem. He's a world champion working main events and semi-main events in the G1. I'm saying this guy just isn't it. He's not it. You know, I, maybe – and he might main event the Dome and fucking – they might do 35,000 fans. You know, then we'll have another conversation. I don't know. Right now, I don't think this guy's it. Anyway, anything else in the G1? You want to get this other stuff in? Nothing, in nothing else on the G1. Here. Yeah, that's it. We, we, go, we can go a little over. We'll we talk go. about it every week. Yeah, we can go 10 minutes. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll check in on it uh, throughout the tournament. But uh, daily G1 audio again from Joe uh, each and every night of the G1 available at flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, voices of wrestling.com slash patreon. $5 tier uh, for that. So you do not need to go to the, uh, the $10 tier where we do all of our live stuff uh, and the writing. You do not have to be on that tier uh, for the daily G1 audio. You can do it for just 5 bucks. So. Uh, yeah, let's get to these last two topics here. Um, let's talk Nakajima and K- Kento Miyahara. Now, this is in you and I have not talked about this match yet, so so maybe you're going to surprise me here and be like, "Rich, I hated this match. This match sucked." But 
I think this is an absolute drop everything you're doing and go watch this match right now type of match. Nakajima, Kento Miyahara, July 15th, Noah's One Night Dream Show at Corican Hall, currently as of this recording, sitting at a 9.56 uh, on cage match, a spectacular pro wrestling match. Maybe don't drop everything. Finish the rest of the show. We only got about 10 minutes left to go. After this show, if you have not seen this match, go out of your way to see this. Uh, but Joe, I guess I don't know what you thought of this match, so <laughs> I'll ask you first before we can talk about it. Did you like uh, Nakajima versus Kento Miyahara? Well, I'll tie it into our previous conversation. You know, somebody inside the wrestling business who was at Forbidden Door texted me from the show and said, after the Sonata-Jack Perry match, and said, some guys own the ring and some guys rent it, and Sonata rents it. Okay? That was someone inside the wrestling business. I love that quote so Um, much. It's so good. I'll tell you who owns the ring is... uh, is Kento Miyahara and Katsuhiki <laughs> You're thinking you're so, doing the music in your head right now. I don't know about you, me, but I am. Those guys own a ring. Fuck okay. Yeah, especially, especially Kento Miyahara. Guys and Nakajima was brought up in, in Corican Hall, man. A cult leader yeah. in that building. Listen, we've been waiting for this match for years. They've wrestled, you know, many, many years ago when, you know, they were young boys or or when Miyahara was a young boy. And I thought that Stu Fulton and Mark Pickering did a tremendous job on commentary, getting the story over. They did. I listen to English commentary, too. Yeah, they they, they really hit it home that these dudes fucking cannot stand each other. (laughs) Yeah. And haven't liked each other for a very long time. Yeah, now Nakajima's a little older and had a little more experience and was 3-0 and against Miyahara coming in and all the hate. And he won, and now he's 4-0, and 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 they they were great on commentary. And I really thought that Nakajima in recent years has suffered a bit from confidence. He, let's face it, he's an asshole, and he gets punished very often in the booking. And it's kind of taken a toll on him over the years to where – he it, confidence is so important to him and his performances. It's his whole essence is being a cocky asshole. And if you don't have confidence in wrestling, it's obvious and transparent. And he has lacked confidence over the last few years because he's just fallen out of favor there and he loses a lot of matches. And I thought that in this match, he knew this was a big spot and this was a long anticipated match, a sold out Cork and Hall, fit over 1500 Cork and Hall. That's a packed house post-COVID. That's all they're setting it up for. They're not cramming in a million fucking seats. You know, it's it's 1,500 max these days. And, um, you know, and it's a shame that this match couldn't have happened in a bigger building. But it is what it is, the timing and everything. Kind of glad it happened um, in Corrigan, though. You know what I mean? Sometimes there's a, sometimes there's yeah, just great matches that happen in that right. building, and they feel special in that building. And I think this match you're felt right. special and in I, that and building. I, and I'll tell you, are either of the, or is New Japan or Noah packing Corrigan otherwise? Hell so no, they're not. Credit here. They're not getting 1,500 plus in there. They're putting 900 in there for triple crown matches. So, you know, packed cork and all, give them credit. There was interest in the match. And I really thought we saw Nakajima's confidence once mm-hmm. again brought out in this match. I haven't seen and this he, in Nakajima in years. He, Rich, he beat the living shit. <laughs> yes, he did. I am convinced these guys still fucking hate each other. <laughs> and give me a horror credit for, for allowing that and, and making that the story of the match, you know. It's Miyahara. He hit that pile driver on the apron. That was a big transition move in that match. Other and he took control for a little while. Other than that, Nakajima dominated this match up until that final closing stretch where Miyahara almost got the 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 German, the straight jacket German, and I felt like he was going to hit it. 
And I was like, oh, my God, they're even booking Nakajima to lose this one in his home promotion? I was convinced when because when, they were doing the long, long tease. Like, you know, Miyahara is yeah. always great at those long, long teases on the straight jacket so Germans. Good. And it takes a while. And you're sitting there and you're like, do it. Come on, Kento. Kento. Kento as you're doing in your, you know, in your in your room by yourself, you know, chanting Kento. And then he, you know, and then he'll wait and he'll wait and he'll wait and he'll wait. And then he hits it. And you're like, fuck, man. He hit it. It's over. And then Nakajima kicked out. And I was like, whoa, okay. Now this is a whole different level now. Now kicking out of that. When he takes so long to do that straight jacket, that German, and then the guy still kicks out, that's when it was like, oh, fuck, man. We got we got an all-timer here. And you know what I loved? He beats him. He hits him with the brain buster or whatever he calls it, right? He wins the match. He picks up the mic. And, well, he wants to shake his hand. Miyahara's not having none oh, of that Oh, hell shit. no. We're yeah, I love that Rich, shit. We're, fuck you. We're getting another one. Yeah. We're getting another one. We're fucking getting another one. We're getting another one. And then then Nakajima takes the mic and, and he, you know, he says, oh, you know, Miyahara, great wrestler, but not his day. You know, and then he talked his shit. But, you know, they, they didn't shake hands and hug. You know what I think's happening here? I think Kento is beating Aoyagi for the Triple Crown. And this sets up Nakajima versus Kento for the Triple Crown. I like. On Kento's home turf. And Miyahara gets his win back. I like it. I like it a lot. That's what I think we're doing here. And that'll also be Miyahara's first ever win against Nakajima. Because now Nakajima's 4-0 against him. And I think that's a fair trade-off. All right. You 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 can you will win you'll have you can win this one. Your home turf. Right. Your home turf. We'll, go up 4-0 on me. That's fine. But Yep. Sets up a triple crown match. But I'm winning that one on my home turf. You know, and, and that's I think that's a and I think that match will do business if that's what they do. I, I feel like because with, with Miyahara and, and Aoyagi being tag champs and partners, we talked about this. That's ripe for a split. I mean, you know, it, that story writes itself. And then, you know, that, anyway, that I think that's what they're going to do here. Who knows? But four and three quarters out of me. This is one of the best matches of the year. This was great. Yeah, this this will be a contender for my top ten at the end of the year for sure. I, I did not go the full five. I went four and three quarters, just like you. But uh, this is just yeah. This is what I love about pro wrestling, man. This is the the type of of Japanese wrestling match that like we used to get so much more frequently, and we get more infrequently these days. But sometimes it comes out, and it's just like man, this is this is the stuff you fall in love with. A match like this, it is just awesome stuff. And again, you want to talk about storytelling? I mean. This was a story, what, 15 years in the making? Oh, yeah, yeah. Great. And just hatred and just pure hatred. The guys get in the ring mm-hmm. and they just kill each other. You know what I mean? No, no, no nothing, nobody's getting cued. Nobody's. And then, like you said, even at the end, it's just like they didn't hug and cry and hold each other's hands up. Yeah, this yeah. guy. <laughs> Kento's no. just like, motherfucker, fuck you. Yeah. I still hate you. <laughs> you know Kento's I mean? disgusted that yeah. he didn't hit that last street jacket German and win. And, you know, they didn't have to go out for Chinese food and, and get drunk. And first, and and have a little, you know, fucking one act play. Right. No they dance. Just, they didn't do a dance off. They just the bell rang, and then they beat the hell out of each other for thirty five minutes or whatever. Yeah. So, so great match. No, do you want to squeeze in a very quick triple mania? Yeah, let's. Because I, I will say that I only watched uh, the uh, uh, Vikingo and Omega match. I uh, I skipped the rest of the show, Joe, because I received a text message. I woke up Saturday morning at uh, very early. Uh, on Saturday morning with the idea of, ah, you know what? I'm pretty, uh, I'm up pretty early. Maybe I'll watch some Triple Mania. And uh, I got a text message from a uh, Cubs fan, luchablog.com, a uh, frequent uh, contributor to uh, uh, this um, Voice of Wrestling as well. 
He says, I know I can't stop Lanza from watching this Triple Mania, but you, Rich, are just hoping for an excuse not to watch it. I am making sure to give you that excuse in the case you had any second thoughts about it. Do not watch the show. Don't even feel obligated to watch what is uh, what will be pretty good, but not even a top 10 Omega or Vikingo match this year. Just go outside or something. Post this in your Discord as a warning to others if it'll help. Well, he's right. He couldn't stop me from watching the show. <laughs> I did. I did uh, not fully heed his advice, though. I did watch the Omega Vikingo, but well, what'd you think of it? Uh, yeah, fine. It was okay. Give Give us the stars. Man. It was uh, four. I don't know. It was good, but it's just that the yeah. whole God, the production of triple uh, of AAA. I just can't do it, man. Drags everything. Down, it's so man. bad, and they didn't do the thing where they were like, you know, shooting it from the top of the fucking you know Empire State Building like they usually do, but yeah. They cut like a thousand times. Like Vikingo was setting up to do the 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 super reverse Rana, you know, from the top rope or whatever. And as he's setting it up, they cut like nineteen times. And then they they barely got the move. And I'm just like, fuck this company, man. It's just so stupid. It's just the way they produce wrestling is just so bad. And and I don't know. It was it was a good Vikingo match. It was a good Omega match. But Omega, like like Cubs fan said, there will be ten better Omega matches this year, and there will be ten better Vikingo matches this year. And that's that's pretty disappointing for. When you get these two guys in the ring, the match they had yeah. in, in in AEW was better than this one for sure. Yeah, different kind of match. the The AEW match was more of a showcase. Kenny being very giving and wanting Vikingo to shine, and um, this was you know you know Kenny had a long control period in the middle here. He was slapping on fucking chin locks and shit to slow this thing down, and um, you know I was right around you four four and a quarter somewhere in there. It was worth my time. Um, you know, the Don Callis stuff didn't really go anywhere. Conan threw him out, you know, before the match and all that. And, um, so there was that factor because everything has to be overbooked in triple. Of course. That's yeah, a you can't just possibly can't, have a match. Yeah. Yeah. The, the but, balls um, on this guy to go on a podcast every week and tell people how bad everyone else is booking. <laughs> yeah. And he's the worst booker in the world. Bar but, none. <laughs> would it be a hot take if I said the show wasn't as bad as everyone said it was? Uh, ooh, well, maybe. Hold on. Let me finish it. Would it be a hot take if I said the show wasn't as bad as everyone said it was, but it was still bad? No. If you came in and said, I actually like, kind of like this show, that would be the hot take. Rich, I've seen worse triple manias than this. Wow. I mean, okay. Okay. That's but, but high listen, praise. What's, but what's the standard? Like <laughs> the, the fucking dirt is the standard. This wasn't like, like, let me be clear. This was not a good show, but the main event was good. QT Marshall versus Pentagon Jr. Hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It wasn't that bad. Like, okay, was it an overbooked mess? Absolutely. It's AAA, though. You go in knowing that. Yeah. Was it sloppy and just the... Yes. It's AAA. You go a, in knowing that. <laughs> did they do a ridiculously dangerous table spot and then QT Marshall didn't sell it for more than 30 seconds? Yes. Did they do the finish we all knew they were going to do with one of the QTV guys? In this case, it was Aaron Solo coming out of the ambulance dressed up as an EMT to, you know, help QT Marshall shove Pentagon into the ambulance. <laughs> yes. Now you're just making stuff up. And I didn't watch the show, so I can't correct you. But sure. Um, But did it have some entertainment value as a plunder match where both guys were willing to put their bodies through hell? Yeah, it did. Like. It was like a two and three quarter or three star plunder match. Like it was, it was okay. Again, I'm not trying to sell that the show was good. The show was not good. 
but the main event was good. That match was okay. And the Psycho Clown, Sam Adonis, L.A. Park, Roosh thing was just. <laughs> I did watch the end of that. I cannot believe these motherfuckers did a whole tournament. A whole tournament drew and, 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 and drew some money with this thing because everybody was kind of interested in it and had this whole thing with Rouge and is he going to show up or not or whatever, all to build to the culmination here that whoever, you know, the, the losing team is going to then have to face off in, 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 in a match here. And then they just did a draw and gave you both matches, sort of, kind of. Yeah, now they're all just going to have a four-way. <laughs> nice tournament. Cool tournament, dude. Yeah. But what it does for them is it gets Park and Roosh back in the ring together. You know what I mean? So I don't know if this 15,386 is accurate. (laughs) (laughs) It seems a lot, but uh, you know, I'm not, look, I don't know. It looks like a pretty, pretty full building, a pretty full building from what I saw. But you know, it's a way to get those guys back in. That match was ridiculous. I mean, the two, the partners were just beating each other up the whole match. Like, I, I don't know. It, this, this promotion's just not for me. How about um, they did do an angle in the eight-man tag <laughs> where Nicho low-blowed Negro Casas, potentially setting up a singles match between the two. I believe they did. I believe that that is indeed a match that's happening at, at the, at the next you be Mania. into that at the combined age of, hold on, let me get my calculator. Yeah, get the calculator out. This is going to be a lot. <laughs> this is going to be a lot. Nicho's 52. Casas is 63. So what's that? 105? 115, right? 52 115. and 60. Yeah. Combined age of 115. Yeah. I think but so. But will Conan book it? <laughs> right. Conan is booking it, though, unfortunately. But will Conan book it? Like, will he even give us the match? I thought it was already – let me let me make it's sure. Official? I, I thought it was, but let me let me make sure. Because that was one of the uh, – uh, Cubs fan had a great uh, – I think he did it on the Lucha Blog account. Had a great um, graphic that showed every single angle that happened on, on, on Triple Mania Tijuana and if it will be followed up on on the next Triple Mania <laughs> – and right, right, right. the answers were no, 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 maybe, no, 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 yes, maybe, yes. <laughs> so, and one of the yeses the real was Nicho. Yes. <laughs> it was. So, what are the yeses? Uh, the yeses are Nicho, uh, uh, low blow, Negro Casas setting up their match. And indeed, that is going to happen. Negro Casas. All and, right. Uh, so, we're going to get Nicho versus Negro Casas. For people who don't know, Nicho is psychosis, the original psychosis. Yes, not that psychosis. The original. No, the original, original psychosis. Yes. And like the one that was Rey Mysterio Jr.'s touring opponent. That yes. guy. The greatest base in the history of Lucha, that guy. And then uh Negro, yes, is 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 there. That's that's happening in Arena Mexico. Listen, I am interested in that just because of who they are. And then Wait, the, Arena Mexico. Or no, yeah, no, never mind. The 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 sorry. This is the one that's like, happening. That's, that's a fucking that's no. a that's a <laughs> No, no. I was no. like, "That's a Woj bomb." What? What? No. Arena Mexico. No, no. Okay. <laughs> Not Arena Mexico. Sorry. Um. Then the other one was the tag match with no contest, just ending up in a four way, which that would be absolute booking malpractice if that did not. Uh, but that is not enough. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a layup. He should get that one right. <laughs> well, can, look, there's a pro- like, there's always the possibility that one of them decides, eh, "I'm not coming." Yeah. Right. Right. Um. 
Well, El Tejano came back. Surely they're following that up. Tejano returned in the. Uh... No, that that got a uh, I am looking on the list right now. That is not even listed under the uh, <laughs> the other ones. Right. It was somebody beat up Miss uh, Z's. Uh, I'm looking at the side of my, uh, you know. Oh, no, te- oh, yeah, no, no, okay. Tejano and, and, and Toros attack Vampiro and Pagano. No, that will not yeah. be followed up on for the real Triple Mania. Sorry. Oh, okay. So we're not getting <laughs> Brandon. If you thought and- Brandon Moreno attacking Daga would lead to anything at Triple Mania so far, no, it does not lead to anything at the real Triple Mania. So. Oh, see, I, see, I saw all this stuff and was like, oh, these are going to be on the next show. No. <laughs> None of them. Wrong. Except for. The guys who are have you seen what the the, the real Triple Mania show looks like? Well, let's end there. What is it? <laughs> you would think this is just. I haven't seen it. It's not at all what you think it would be after watching this show, which is just... well, I I didn't I didn't watch this show until today, so I've been avoiding everything. So I don't know anything. Okay, so you got Roosh, L.A. Park, Sam Adana, Psycho Clown, four way right. versus mass match. Okay, right uh, for the Triple A Mega Championship, Joe, you have Vikingo. Speedball Mike Bailey, Daga, and Jack Cartwheel. What? <laughs> what is that? How? Why? Uh, you love four-way matches, right? Oh, you know. You know it. Well, good, because you're getting Pentagon Jr., QT Marshall, Dralistico, and Brian Cage for the vacant AAA Latin American Championship. Well, that's because Phoenix quit the company. Yes. Phoenix said, I'm good. I'm going to leave, even though he holds two titles. So that's not Phoenix ideal. Phoenix but... said, you know what? I haven't worked here in seven months, and I'm not coming back, guys. So I'll FedEx, I'll FedEx the titles if you want them. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Nicho, uh, the, the Psychosis versus Negro Casas match, that is happening. So there you go. Conan, nicely done. Uh, the Reina de Reyes, uh, Taya defending against uh, Flamer. Is it Flamer or Flamar? I don't know if there's some some emphasis put on that one, but uh, there you go. Uh, and then <laughs> they're doing a one of the Copa matches. <laughs> you have oh. Commander Laredo. Listen to the names of this match: Commander Laredo Kid, Willie Mac, Dave the Clown, Pagano, Aramis, Mister Iguana, Murder Clown, Erez, Octagon Junior, Mississippi Junior, and Nino Hamburguesa. And that is your Copa match. You have Commander yeah. and Laredo Kid, and the best thing you can think to do with yeah. those guys is shove them into a match with twenty other dudes. Fuck off. Go away. Yeah, but here's the thing, Rich. You said Dave the Clown. I'm in. <laughs> Dave the Clown and Murder Clown will be there. Mr. Iguana also will be in the house. So You know I unironically love Dave the Clown. Yep. And that's all I needed to hear because I haven't seen Dave the Clown on one of these shows in a while. So I'm into it. So there you go. That but, is uh, Triple Mania Mexico City. From uh, Wait, that's the fucking card? Yeah, yeah. That sounds awful. Oh, sorry. There's a there's a women's trios match, but you don't you don't care about it. So. I don't care. Yeah. Um, no, that's that, it. Yeah, that's I love it. Vikingo Speedball Daga Jack Hartwheel. It's like, oh god. Yeah, but like, wh- how and why? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> listen to listen to Conan's podcast, then you'll you'll probably know about it. Yeah. Read those DMs. Yeah, and listen he'll, to his podcast. Listen, yeah, he'll have he'll have a lot to say. But but bro, you can't do FTR versus. Adam Cole and MJF because like he'll have a lot to say yes, about that yes, about that but then he books Jack Cartwheel for a mega championship match for no fucking reason at all yeah in a four-way with Daga who we all wanted to see in a, a mega cha- the, the every time I see Vikingo I just go oh man I want I wish he was in the ring with Daga you know what I mean it's like you know it'd be great if Vikingo was in the ring with Daga that that's really what I want out of this guy is is more 
Daga. So there you go. Is there a worst Booker Award? I can't remember. I don't think there is. Uh, yeah, if, I don't know. I think there is. No, I don't think there is a worst Booker. Is there should There's be. Not. We'll make it. <laughs> make it now. How do we not know that? Um, it'd have to be him if there was, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess there's a worse promotion, which in, in, in some cases just ends up being worse. Booker, oh, they but. got it locked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck's winning that other than them? Because no one's voting for WWE this year. No, no. It'd be a bad vote if you did. You can't. You can't vote for WWE based on their business alone. And 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 they don't deserve it anyway for everything. Like, you know. So they usually get a lot of those votes. Impact. Is is been perfectly average. Yeah, competently not booked. Very competently game. booked this year. They don't deserve votes for that. AAA is going to run away with that. With worst promotion, I, I unless I'm forgetting someone, out, maybe Progress, but they won't get enough votes. Not enough people care. So AAA, I think they're going to run away with it. I don't think I'm forgetting anyone obvious. No, they're, they're the worst. They're 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 un, un, undoubtedly the worst. And they deserve so. it. I mean, it's a oh, terrible. Oh yeah, promotion. no, no. They they we we need to we need to. There needs to be history made about. Yeah, we need to document the history of how bad this company was this year. So it, it needs yeah. it needs to win that match. There that that, that people award. have to look back in forty years. And no, like the way that we look at like a nineteen eighty seven Observer, and we're like, oh, look at this guy who finished third for rookie of the year. He must have had a good year. Like. People have to know how bad AAA right. was. In, in, in 30 years, time. we need to be able to look back and, and say, whew, boy, AAA, they must have been real bad that year. And and, and we need that. So uh, they, they we need to, if you're an Observer voter, please, please uh, Someone has Someone in the chat has pitched the NWA. I think AAA is worse. Oh, way worse. Way worse. The NWA, NWA, they book some stupid stuff, but they're, by and large, they're co- Dude, <laughs> they're way more competent than, than AAA. Without being competent at all. Yes. Which is why AAA is by far <laughs> exactly. the worst. Exactly. Yeah, they're not that competent, I mean, but they're light years more competent than AAA. That's all you need to know. I mean, the NWA is bad. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But no, no, AAA is worse. It, it Yeah, it has to be. They do do better business, but. I don't know. They're both terrible. Who gives a shit? Yeah, Rich, gives a you, shit? Got Bad, place, you got things to do. I got Let's things to go, places to, to be, things to do, whatever. Uh, anyway, that is it for the flagship. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Voices of Wrestling.com slash Patreon. Flagship Patreon.com uh, for all of our bonus content. Just did a new Sky's the Limit this week. Uh, talking about the Cruiserweight Classic, the great Cedric Alexander versus Kota Ibushi match. Uh, we did Instant Reaction Live this week about the AEW Blood and Guts. I uh, will have written stuff going up as well. You have your notebook roundup, the best matches of June. So if you're trying to catch up with the best of the best of June, uh, you got that. I, I recently released a new episode of Freedom of Choice, my American Wrestling Federation, Paul uh, Paul Alperstein. I keep saying Salperstein because Mr. Hughes called him Paul Salperstein, and now I've told myself that ah. it's Salperstein, and <laughs> I can't stop doing it. Uh, so Paul Alperstein's AWF. So that is also available uh, at FlagshipPatreon.com. That, in addition to the Thursday Dynamite reviews and a bunch of other stuff, uh, that is up there over at flagshippatreon.com. Also, voiceswrestling.com for previews, reviews, columns, all that other good stuff. Voiceswrestling.com slash Discord as well to join the conversation. So that is Joe. I am Rich. We will talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. Hello, everyone. My name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the podcast all about Joshi Pro Wrestling here on the Voices of Wrestling 
Podcast Network. Every other Monday, we are with you talking about the biggest news in Joshi, along with show reviews, previews, and much, much more. So if you're new to Joshi or you've been a longtime fan, this is the show for you. We've got something for everyone here. So check us out, Jumping Bomb Audio. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.